Us weirdos have to stick together. The show where a couple of weirdos talk all about She-Ra and the Princesses of Power. My name is Nobody, and I'm joined by the most wanted criminal in Etheria. It's Chloe. How are you today, Chloe? Uh, you know, aside from having to deal with uh, fucking brands falling on my car uh, two days ago, uh, I guess okay. <laughs> That's not no, great. Yeah. It's not the best thing to wake up to and then uh, have to derail from being able to go into work for two days while you try to get that taken care of. <laughs> but, uh, Oof. yeah. Oh, gross. Yeah. I mean, well, to be fair, it's like, I could have maybe actually made it there fine with driving past it, but it's like, I didn't want to risk it with that being on the highway, with it actually having, like, a full-on, like, dent in the windshield. It wasn't, it was, if it was, like, a, if it had just spiderwebbed, it would have been fine for a few days, I think, but it's the fact that, like, a branch, like, fell on it, apparently, I guess, like, directly falling, like, branch end first, I guess, rather than just across the windshield so it yeah. actually had like a divot in it so it's like i don't want to risk this <laughs> so, yeah they were able to find uh people to cover me those two days for handling the mail at my job so it's fine <laughs> well that's good at least yeah i mean hey it's taken care of what else can you do really about it <laughs> like we had we had a nasty <laughs> thunderstorm t- uh tuesday evening through wednesday morning so it's like well at least no water got in because it wasn't like a full-on like cracked opening or anything in there. So I was then like because it was also raining off and on all day yesterday, and I had a tarp from when I moved here back in February. So I just got the tarp and just put it over my car to make sure no water got in further. So no water damage. <laughs> it's all at least all right. It could have been a lot worse. <laughs> yeah, but that's how I dealt with. <laughs> Has the uh, community center been anything on the near a parallel of that? <laughs> uh, well, they weren't open. Uh, well, no, that's not fair. I went there today and there was nobody there again. Oh, great. So that great. <laughs> and I don't mean that like I was there so nobody was there. I mean there was no one there but me. <laughs> What's going on at that place? <laughs> I don't even know. It's like... I've mentioned this before, that the person in charge of the center who built it from the ground up, she's running for mayor, and that election is in six days. So she's busy. I get it. It's, like, that's a huge deal, you know what I mean? But also, uh, you would think, like, she's not the only person who works there, and she's not even the person who's usually there while I am. That's a totally different person. So, if that other person had something to do, you would think they would be able to tell me, given that I'm coming an hour there and back every time, you know? Yeah. So, <clears throat> it is what it is. Uh, ain't nothing I can do but keep trying, but uh, I'm gonna be honest, if this keeps happening, I might end up giving up before the project is over, because if they can't, like, deal with being open so i can work there's not a lot i can yeah, do yeah you know? like i mean if they aren't gonna like 
Like, even if they're not gonna, like, be able to, like, get a hold of you to be like, hey, we're not open today, so don't come by. It's like, that, because it's like, you're going there, you said it's like an hour or so by bus, right? Yep. Yeah, so it's like, that's a big time commitment to get there and be like, oh, nobody's here. Well, time to go home, I guess. Yeah, exactly. So, it's, I don't know. It's, it's very frustrating, but well, they'll figure it out eventually. Mm. I don't want to give up on that place, but I might have to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes you just have to do that and just put put your own uh, free time uh, and, like, sanity above helping out with something, like, you know, that you said seems to have at least altruistic, like, ideals behind it, but, like, if they're not gonna try and get their shit together a little bit to even let you know if they're open or not, it's like, well, what's the what's the point of continuing? Yeah, that's especially because. Oh wow! Hmm? I literally just forgot what I was saying as I said it. <laughs> oh, that was incredible. Uh, that just happens when you get to that your age. <laughs> I guess, yeah. I can't believe that being an ageless entity unmoored from time would treat me like this. <laughs> Oh, yes. Um, I mean, I want to follow through with this project, in the not in the least because I helped design the system that I'm implementing, mm-hmm. right? I don't think that other volunteers would be able to, to do what I can with it just because they don't know how it works. They weren't on the development right. team. But, like, yeah, I don't know. It's It's a lot. Yeah. But since that didn't work out, I spent the rest of the day building space dwarfs, so that's fine too. <laughs> I mean, here I am being like, I should actually get like uh, those like uh, model building like tools to like properly clip them from like the framing and stuff. Because like, watch that uh, watch that first episode of the gay Gundam, and now I'm like, I should probably get around to actually building uh, more of this uh, model of a Gundam that I had for like four years that has not been finished. <laughs> So, you know, it doesn't take much for me to be like, right, remember what's, uh, remember what's fun? Oh. Building Gundam models. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, like, this this week hit us both from the opposite angles of plastic model building, huh? <laughs> because you're back on Gundam and now I'm in Warhammer, so. <laughs> yep. Well, I mean, hey, to be fair, uh, a large portion of that is because I'm actually curious about Gundam again for the first time in ages, because uh, apparently all you have to do is not only uh, make it gay, but also put a bunch of uh, transhumanist stuff in it. And I'm like, okay, I'm on board as long as it actually continues to be gay. And uh, well, you not see, be bad. Uh, they, they just released a new Warhammer army, is the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Space Dwarves. And one of the factions of the Warhammer army is the Trans-Hyperion Alliance, so I had to, and... <laughs> oh yes, I think I remember, I think I remember you mentioning them before, yes. yeah. <laughs> yeah, because they just straight up have <laughs> armor that is trans colors. <laughs> well, that's that's my uh, oh, okay. specific color I didn't, scheme. I didn't that's, re- that's not the okay. book. But what if, it, what if it was in the book? <laughs> <laughs> no, unfortunately in the book they're, like, yellow and orange, I think. I don't remember. Uh. <laughs> it's a gross color scheme. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I've been spending most of my week learning how to do mini painting. Yeah, I've I've never gotten into like mini painting at all. Like I, I know that uh 
like some people also do that with Gundam kits in general too because like sometimes the, the coloration isn't like fully like 100% there and like some like little details aren't as present unless you get like the really high end <laughs> kits but uh yeah I've never like really had it in me to like really do that but also like I don't have a steady enough hand really to like do painting stuff in any way it's definitely tricky, but you can get there. Yeah. I mean, that. as of last week, I had never painted a mini in my life, but I had a two-hour lesson with one of the pro painters at my game shop, and he taught me a lot of brush control techniques, and now I'm doing okay. Not an expert by any means, mm -hmm. but acceptable. Yeah, I mean, like anything, it just takes practice, and like eventually you get there with uh, building up your skill with it. I guess also when it comes down to yeah. it, the most amount of any painting anything I've ever done was like painting ceramics at the uh, the campground that I think I mentioned before that I used to go to once a year back when I was a kid. Because <laughs> they, uh, they yeah, I think I remember yeah, because they always had like uh, every day of the week they usually had like some activity thing. Like sometimes it was bingo, other times it was like just like a like children's like arts and crafts thing on like a Sunday morning or whatever. And one of them that they had was that, like, every week they would do, like, they had, like, a stockpile of, like, different, like, ceramics on site that, like, you could pay the, for one of them and uh, use the paints that they had and paint it. I think they still have yeah. one. I think it's, uh, I think, well, I, I rather, I think my mom has it, but it's a, uh, a bingo bag because we would also play bingo there. So I got a bingo bag for my bingo chips. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, it's it's not painted very well because it was painted by me when I was like nine, or so, so yeah. <laughs> uh, if if I was able to, I would probably repaint it and just make it be uh very queer colors now at this point. But I don't know how well repainting something like that would take. I think uh, one of the things that's very funny to me about this space dwarf faction, if you look at the picture I put in general, they're like upper body is all heavy duty super tough space armor right just mad metal plating yeah. and then their pants are just pants <laughs> with knee pads <laughs> yeah, you probably want some more armor there in the pants because if uh if you can't really do much shooting a person in like the chest or anything you're gonna probably just try to shoot them in the legs so they fall over yeah yeah and i mean like like get it they're dwarves their uh, center of gravity is lower so people will generally aim for their chest in gen just like out of reflex but also maybe put some armor on your legs <laughs> yeah <sighs> i don't know warhammer yeah i mean obviously when it comes to armor you definitely want armor on the vitals more than anything just this way you don't get shot once in the chest and die immediately but still <laughs> You probably want to also yeah. protect your extremities as best you can, <laughs> while still being able to actually use them. Yeah, being able to walk generally does uh, help the survivability. <laughs> That's why you gotta just uh, get the legs replaced with rocket boosters, this way you don't have to walk. You just fly everywhere with rockets. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, the other thing I did this week was I finished uh, Infamous Second Son. It's I didn't 100% the achievements, because the achievements in the Infamous games are annoying. You have to do two full playthroughs to get them, because you have to do the good and evil paths. Yeah, fun. But I finished the game, and I'm surprised and interested to say that I didn't notice anything super racist in the whole Yay. game. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is what it is. Uh, you fight the bad guy, you steal her concrete powers, and you go back to save everybody that she messed up. No problem. 
Yeah. And then Infamous ends forever. Well, uh, I mean, in terms of just the fact they haven't actually done another game of that, which is weird that they haven't yet. Yeah, it's been, what, eight years? Yeah, because like, uh, Second Son was a launch title on the PS4, so yeah, it's been like roughly eight years now. Strange yeah. that they haven't continued. Technically, First Light is still yeah, a game that I have not true, played. Yeah, it, but it's a prequel. Yeah, so. it's a prequel, and it, but it was a standalone, and I think it was like a year later, so it's like, I guess that counts, but still. Not even six months. Oh, okay. It's like still like about seven <laughs> and a half years since then. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's strange that they haven't continued that. But at the same time, a bunch of other games just keep getting like yearly releases, and other ones just sit there not doing anything. <laughs> and also, I think, I mean, and this is just a guess, but part of it might be that it would be hard for them to make a sequel to Second Son. Uh, you say that and meanwhile, wouldn't it, it have been hard for them to make Second Son at all because of the way that you said two ends, <laughs> canonically? Oh, yes. Uh, well, the thing that you find out as you go further through the game is that uh, the government organization who's in charge of keeping superpower people under control started uh, artificially seeding the superpower gene into the population so they would still have a reason to exist. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> okay. But still, the way that they had written themselves into a bit of a corner there of like, well, I guess, uh, how do we rationalize people having superpowers now? Okay, here you go. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's like, it, it's, it's just amusing how it's like they don't actually like continue that series much past there. And that's it for seven and a half years. And meanwhile, they're already being like, yeah, we're going to like, we re-remade Last of Us 1. And we're probably going to remake Horizon Zero Dawn. And it's like... These, these games ain't that old, y'all. Horizon Zero Dawn released like five and a half years ago, right before Breath of the Wild. You don't have to remake it. I can't wait for Last of Us Part 2 remake. Yeah, yeah. I mean, considering that they've already remade Last of Us 1 twice now, it's like, okay. Well, Last of Us Part 2 released like, what, two years ago, I think? Something like that? It was like, mm -hmm. yeah, I think it was like early in the pandemic. I think they like pushed it back. A... So we'll get a remake next year. <laughs> I wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me. I mean... Especially because like Sony also said that they have at least a year of exclusivity on their platform before they p would consider putting stuff on PC. It's like it's it's only a matter of time before they do, and then put both of those on PC. I feel like at this point. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what Sony's doing. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, what I, what I meant by make, it would be harder to make a sequel to Second Son is that um, I don't think you could use Dilson as a character again. You'd have to come up with a new protagonist, because at the end of that game, he has five separate powers. <laughs> so unless you did a full Samus lose all your powers yeah, situation. Yeah, you know, like... Uh, like... <laughs> You know, they could make it be, like, again, like you say, in, like, a lot of Metroid games where you play, like, for ten minutes with the powers and then, ow, oh, an explosion happens, you get knocked into a wall and all your shit's gone, or whatever the fuck reason. <laughs> I mean, it's like, how many times has Sora yeah. lost all his powers? Even Lampshades at the end of, like, whatever <laughs> game was before Kingdom Hearts 3, just being like, eh, yeah, this shit happens all the time, I'm used to it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Infamous really wants to do that, is the thing, because, like, when you go from 1 to 2, Cole has the same powers, he doesn't, like, downgrade. Yeah. I mean, you have to learn new and different powers to beat too. I mean, I see it as also like, I mean, they could just figure out a way to rationalize it. Like, I mean, I I assume whenever they do like another Spider-Man game with Peter Parker, they'll like 
be like, oh, this is why he lost all of the gadgets he, like, upgraded to in the previous game, and his better suit and all, because bullshit reasons, I don't know. <laughs> Superhero stuff always happens <laughs> that makes people lose powers and have to restart and stuff. Because that's just what they do all the time. Because, I mean... I mean, yeah, that's yeah. kind of how that works. I mean, because he's, like, he's already been Spider-Man for, like, eight years at the start of that game, and it's, like, by the end, it's like, oh... He was really weak as Spider-Man at the start of this game in comparison to now. Weird. <laughs> well, you know, he found all those backpacks full of stuff, so he was able to... Yeah, yeah, he found he found the backpack that he stored somewhere that put just Spider-Plushy in, or his aunt's dumpling recipe for some reason. And he's like, hey, I've, I've learned more stuff. <laughs> I think it... And that makes him a better Spider-Man, obviously. Yeah. I forget, did that game also make fun of the Spider-Man popsicle, or was it just Spider-Verse that did? <laughs> I don't think that was in the I, game. I don't though. think so, no, but I feel like I remember that being a thing. I definitely remember the popsicle itself, and I remember when they made fun of it in Spider-Verse, but I don't remember if it was in the game, too, or not. <laughs> yeah, as far as I know, it wasn't, but either way... <laughs> Spider-Man was pretty good. I enjoyed that game, but that's more or less all I have to say about it because propaganda. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like it's it's a pretty good game overall. It's just that yes, propaganda, <laughs> and also all the stuff about Insomniac being like pro crunch culture, and it's like that's not good. <laughs> oh, I came up with a thing to say about Spider-Man. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Uh, there's a mission in the game where you have to go to a party and figure out which one of the people there is actually a supervillain. But, like, everyone there is dressed as a supervillain, and holy crap. What in the world is going on at this party? <laughs> because, like, I don't know. If a whole bunch of mass murderers showed up in our world wearing costumes, I don't think people would just casually what? dress as them for Halloween. Was that the Mysterio one? Okay, yeah, yeah I do remember that now. Yeah, very strange. It's like, it's like uh, oh, the bit that I saw from like the current season of Riverdale, where it's just two kids dressed up as Black Mask and the Goblin King or whatever. And it's like, aren't these people who went around and did a lot of murder in town like a few months ago? Or I, I guess in like the current season, yeah, I guess in yeah. the current season, it's actually been like they had like a time skip of like some like six or whatever years, so that all the adult characters pretending to be high schoolers can actually be adult characters. But it's like. <laughs> But still, you feel like that's like a bit of bad taste there. <laughs> to be like, this happened in the town within the last decade. Why are you letting your yeah, kids dress yeah. up as a mass murderer? <laughs> it, it's really on the same level as uh, New Asgard having an ice cream place based on Thanos. <laughs> oh, yes, I do remember seeing that from uh, that picture, at least from that recent Thor movie. <laughs> Which is like, again, mm -hmm. why? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do y'all not realize how important taste that would be? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't. I haven't seen a Marvel movie since the second Spider-Man, and I don't intend on changing that. I have seen all but one of them, and I will not say which one because that makes it more mysterious. <laughs> hmm. I'm trying to think based on what I know of you, which one you would have skipped. Uh, hmm. Was it Ant-Man? Nah, Ant-Man's fine. Hmm. I mean, I could live without the anti-vax leading lady, but other than that... 
Uh, yeah, well, I mean, there's like multiple anti-vax people in the MCU at this point, isn't there? <laughs> multiple anti-vax leading ladies, yes. Yeah, because yeah, like, I mean, Gwyneth Paltrow's one, the lady playing, uh, uh, shit, what was Black Panther's sister's name? Sure. Yes, and also uh, Letitia Wright, yeah, and and also the uh, yeah, mm. the uh, Evangeline Lilly, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, not great. <laughs> <laughs> Like it's like uh, how I feel like the amount of people that are like main characters in the MCU who haven't milkshake ducked at this point is probably way lower than the amount of people in the MCU that have milkshake ducks. <laughs> uh, I don't know. When your fictional universe gets to a certain size, you're gonna have a lot of bad actors. I in mean, here. yes, because obviously you need to get a bunch, a big pool of people, obviously. But it's like. God, the amount of them that is just, yeah, just over time, it's like, oh, yeah, this person's a shitbag. Hooray. <laughs> uh, was it Iron Man 3? Is that the one you didn't see? Nope. Was it Civil War? <laughs> it was not. Shit, no. I need to know now. All I, right, one more shot. Uh, God, I have to look up what MCU movies there are because I'm like, there's too fucking. Yeah, we're not gonna do this all episode because no. that's not the most. There's there's yeah, too fucking but... many, and I'm like, which ones are there? <laughs> uh, are we? We're not including TV shows, right? Just movies. Uh, no, I will freely admit that I have not yet watched Moon Knight, the TV show. Oh, I didn't even know there was a <laughs> Moonlight TV show at this point. But also, why would I be surprised <laughs> that there being that? Uh. Is it Eternals? It was not. I am an Eternals fan, so uh, I had to see that one. No, uh, Doctor Strange Two was that, the that, one I skipped. That I feel like was also going to be one of my next guesses. Yeah, it was like going to be either like it was either going to be <laughs> Shang Chi or that one. <laughs> yeah, Shang Chi was good. Um, yeah, I just I heard a lot about uh, how they brought in uh, America Chavez as like the first. Lesbian oh, superhero yes. character I in do that remember. movie, and yeah, then I do remember here. Did not let her be yeah, that. I remember at all. hearing a lot of that via uh, Zoe on Twitter, and it's like, yep, yeah, I remember that a lot so, because, I, yeah, I, yeah, that and the whole Wanda is a bad guy now thing. Just nah, that, that oh, was, a, that was right. a miss for yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> I remember hearing that too. God, I did not realize that they're doing Deadpool three as like an actual MCU movie. Or Blade. Yep. Like, I'm looking at this now, and it's like, God, the fact that they have movies planned all the way through... Well, I guess 2025 is actually not that far off, because they released, like, four or five of these fucking things a year. But, like, the fact that they're like, yep. oh, yeah, that's Phase 6, when we'll be doing Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars. And it's like, uh... Too, too <laughs> fucking many. <laughs> you are correct. Too many. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Because I, because I, I remember the Halcyon days when we moved to two Marvel movies a year. What a grand thing that was! Because I guess I didn't even realize that apparently phases four through six are the multiverse saga. Because I guess you know, all the yeah. rest before, I guess like up through Spider-Man: Far From Home was Infinity, even though it's like well, yep. technically wouldn't Endgame be the last part with Infinity? But I guess not. Yeah, they, they did that with Avengers as well. There's, like, one movie after as a wrap-up, so you see the after-effects of the... Yeah, I guess, because, like, I mean, Spider-Man... Because, uh, yeah, Spider-Man Far From Home was, like, set, like, what, eight months after Endgame or whatever? If I remember correctly? I only yep. saw that movie once. Yeah, that was the one about 
Well, it was the one that dealt a lot with people coming back from the offensive. Yeah, and also turning also that. turning Peter Parker into a weapons dealer because he had control over deaf weapons. Because for some reason, well, because for some reason, Tony was... Stark let a teenager have that power. He was already in the business. I'm just saying, he had a murder sighting on his suit. I mean, fair, yes. <laughs> But he didn't really ever use it as it's it's one thing to give a kid like a murder setting on his like uh Spider-Man suit compared to oh you just have control over drones that can just do whatever the fuck at any point in the planet and murder people. <laughs> he absolutely did use the murder setting in his suit during Endgame. I, yeah, so. I do remember that. Yes, but also he was dealing with a bunch of like alien like invaders trying to wipe out the planet. I feel like there's a bit of an exception there compared to, oh, this jock annoyed me. Oops, I accidentally sent a drone on him. Whoa, oh, so random. <laughs> yeah, no. There's a reason why that was the last one I watched of them. Because it's like, yeah, yep, no, I'm done. Goodbye. <laughs> Don't care anymore. Too many of them. And they're all kind of the same in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Did they ever actually do anything else with Captain Marvel since when they re went? Oh, she has to not be in Endgame much for the entire movie because uh, she would just easily solve all these problems. <laughs> they did not. Cool. So I guess the uh, the first leading lady in the MCU doesn't get to be a leading lady anymore. <laughs> much <laughs> like the the second one, uh, having her leading role be a prequel before she got thrown off a cliff. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, they totally earned that girl power sequence at the end of Endgame, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Disney, <laughs> Disney, what are you doing? <laughs> it's like all the times during Pride Month where they kept being like, "Look at how we much we appreciate Liberty." It's like, "Well, why'd you kill off the fuck show, assholes?" <laughs> you could have taken that back. You could have been like, "Oh, we want to actually do like a spinoff at the least or something," but no. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's fair. Speaking of, we're not going to talk about the six minutes that were shown in NY Comic Con because A, they leaked and they were not supposed to leak because people, of course, recorded it. And C, you haven't. Uh, uh, don't mind me saying C. B, you haven't watched it. I did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can talk about them if you I, want. I, I'm going to take my headphones I legit, off and I, won't I edit could that not. <laughs> I could not. It's the first six minutes of the episode of the first special. I legit could not talk about it in any regard. <laughs> Like, saying anything would spoil what happens in those first six minutes. <laughs> in, a, in a way, you Yeah, like I say, if you want to talk about it, be my guest. I, I, I'm not, I'm not, go I'm not going to. It's nine days away before you get to see that stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's good, though. It's good shit. I like it. I'm excited for when you get to see oh, that. See, that's a spoiler. <laughs> oh, no, saying that, saying that this <laughs> shit, saying that the queer cartoon that was the cause of us starting a fucking podcast about queer cartoons, saying that the, the bit that they show that the final of the final season is good is a spoiler <laughs> for the show that we both love. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, like you're I guess, telling me that guess, it's good. In um, a way, I suppose. I'm not specifying <laughs> anything though. Uh, so, I'm mostly joking. So I, I guess also... I guess we were technically both somewhat correct because like I remember you said that you thought that they were gonna do a trailer for season three, and I was like, I don't think they are. And this technically isn't a trailer because it's just the first six minutes, but they still at least showed huh. way, they still showed way more than they did for season two A. I mean, fair. I mean, that was like what 
40 seconds of just little tiny bits that they just jump between to just show from the first half of that season. Something like that, yeah. yeah. I truly do not recall. It, it was pretty minor. It was pretty quick. I remember, like, the biggest thing in that was just, like, seeing the, uh, the Lumity handhold. But that was it, really. <laughs> yeah. Uh, nine days till that comes back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then it goes away again for who knows how long. <laughs> and yet, 14 days until we can talk about it. <laughs> well, I feel like we're going to probably talk well, about it in the Discord, just like the chat and everything that day after we've seen it. Because, I mean, <laughs> we'll be talking. Well, you don't plan to take a vow of silence no. until we record the episode. <laughs> I wasn't even able to restrain myself from watching the six minutes leaked when even when Dana was like, please don't. <laughs> It's like, but it's like people <laughs> who paid for tickets to New York, New York Comic Con get to see it. If I could have gone there, I would have. But there's a pandemic still, and also I don't live in New York, so I couldn't. <laughs> also, I was not <laughs> expecting to have off this day in air quotes because of car trouble, so I couldn't get there anyway. <laughs> I guess once my car was done at one, I could have tried to blitz it to New York in two hours, maybe. But I don't think I would have made it. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <sighs> okay, well, um, I, I don't have anything else to bring up, so would you like to move into uh, She-Ra and bringing up too many things? Uh, one, one thing I wanted to just uh, ask real quick, should should we play and like, reveal our hand of what we have planned for next week, since we've said that there's going to be a few weeks break, rather than just obviously skipping one week for Owl House? Or do we want to save that till later, uh... or have it be a surprise when it airs? I think we can say a little bit, like, I don't think it would be too much of a spoiler to say that uh, Kyle from Quest Friends joins us for a very special episode, but I don't think we should say exactly what kind of very special episode, if that makes That's sense. Fair. So yeah, that that so, episode will be out yeah. next week, basically as a betweener to lead us back in the Owl House. To, to give you the chance to uh, remember to introduce me as those one the criminal in the boiling owls again <laughs> for one episode <laughs> and then to go back to Etheria for who knows how long. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, my intros are going to be so messed up for so long because of You're gonna this. You're going to have to also remember to like, use the owl house music in the intro and outro <laughs> for just this one time. <laughs> <sighs> Oh well, I'll figure it out. Okay. Honestly, there's a. I kind of want to use the music from your episode for the end credits on this app, but we'll see. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so, She Ra. My episode today, Season 4, Episode 7, Mer Mystery. And I'd just like to take a moment and say that it is nerve-wracking every single time, because I know it's the right episode, but every time I introduce an app, I'm terrified you're going to tell me I did the wrong one. So you say that, that's what's you going say on that in my meanwhile, head. my notes here just simply say, seven notes, I did not write down the title of episode seven. I remembered it was Mer Mysteries, <laughs> just because of how many times they say the word Mer Mysteries in the episode itself. <laughs> but yeah, no. Usually, uh, usually I'm even having to be like, uh, what was the episode name again? <laughs> Sometimes I don't even write it down from mine and I have to just remember what it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. So we open in Bright Moon on a dark and stormy night. The Alliance are all in one room and the vibes are not good. Everyone is just dour and very upset, and Seahawk appears to be a corpse just laid out on the couch. 
And uh, Glimmer called this meeting because they had a mission earlier this day to try and retake a drill from the Horde, and it failed big time, and they need to figure out how and why. Uh, they thought that the Horde was tracking Adora, but apparently they didn't use her on this mission at all in order to prevent that, and it still failed. Uh, my thought is maybe it failed because they benched their strongest fighter, but yeah, whatever, they, just a thought. They never bring up that option. <laughs> I mean, we can probably presume that Glimmer did take part in it, and Glimmer has already shown that she's pretty much on par with Adora at this point, so... Oh, we know that Glimmer was there. Yeah, so yeah. it's like, potentially, it's like, okay, maybe it wasn't actually a failure just based on that, because of Adora being benched, but still, probably an option to consider. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Glimmer is certainly tough, but I don't think she's on par with Adora at this point, at the very least. Certainly not. She doesn't have the ability to access the gay wave, so... True. This is just why they need to have Glimmer go full uh, Dark Glimmer and have her fight Adora in an episode when we come back to the show, right? Because <laughs> that's kind of where they seem like they are heading. I don't think we're going to get there, because there's only like five more episodes of the season in general, and I feel like they're probably going to fully resolve their tension before that but still <laughs> i feel like in a lot of those shows it would actually be that they're like all right fine we're gonna fucking if we're not gonna talk about it, we're gonna fucking fight it out <laughs> just put the shit out of each other and to figure yeah. things out and yeah so uh deduces that there must be among the people of bright moon a horde spy because she is the only one with the investigation proficiency, and effectively she puts the city on lockdown until they find the spy, and also Seahawk is alive again. Also, hey, remember uh, last week when we were like, how come nobody actually ever brings up the possibility that they have a traitor? And it's like, thank you, Mermissa, of all people, for having common <laughs> fucking sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I put asterisks around me, my note here saying... For finally bringing up that there's a spy. <laughs> Even though it doesn't italicize. I could have italicized in my notes, but the asterisks felt more appropriate. But still, finally, somebody actually is willing to entertain that rather than, oh, they must be tracking magic shit from the space lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> I really do like Mermissa. She spends so much time pretending to be all disaffected and non-caring, but the instant she gets to do anything she's vaguely interested in, she's all in. Like this and the, the choral arranging and the coronation episode, I just... I adore how enthusiastic she is about everything without ever wanting to admit yeah. it. <laughs> she, she is uh, very cindere about everything. Just being like, I don't care about this baka. And then she's actually into it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, she gives herself the position of lead detective since she's read every Mer mystery book, which uh, the others say that they don't think it's likely that there's a spy, but I guess they don't know that shapeshifters are a thing. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, um, none of them really ever actually like really realize that's an option until they see a shapeshifter later in this episode. <laughs> I feel. <laughs> yeah, that's like. I don't know what Double Trouble is or where they come from, but clearly it's not common enough that people know about shapeshifters, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> even, like, when the Hordak met Double Trouble, he was even like, oh, a shapeshifter. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, it seems like it's like, at least, like, Hord somebody like Hordak would know because he's actually from, a, like, other planets and just here, but, like, it's still not common enough to the point where it's, like, still something to take notice of. I guess that's true, but also I... I don't know how much Hordak would have experienced before he got marooned here. We'll probably have to talk about that next season, mm -hmm. but... 
I'm yeah. really holding back on just making a bunch of Among Us jokes about there being an imposter. Well, don't worry. We'll yeah, get... we, we have questions concerning Ambugus. <laughs> um, we will get there in time. Yeah. So, apparently, these Mer Mystery books are an 18-book murder mystery series that taught Mermis to everything she needs to know about how to solve murders. Uh... I don't know if they were written for her, but given her princess ship and how much she cares about them, it would not shock me if her parents had these commissions. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, she wants to start by questioning the suspects, which is to say um, everyone in the castle. <laughs> Glimmer resists this. Uh, apparently the Horde is pulling back all of their troops, and she wants to look into it because it indicates that something big is happening, but Adora is on Mermis' side. Uh, maybe at least a little bit because she's sick of being used as a distraction so everyone else can do the real missions. But also because freaking Shadow Weaver lives in Bright Moon now. Like... Yeah, it's, it's a fair enough <laughs> assumption of like, yeah, we should probably actually ask people because again, the queen of manipulation lives here and is just allowed to walk around now. Mm -hmm. So it's like, hmm. Yeah, like, you let a professional trader into your house, you maybe suspect her when you start getting betrayed. <laughs> Like, again, very much Mermissa is calling an emergency meeting to be like, all right, who had what key? <laughs> like, okay, who who is in electrical? <laughs> Figure this shit out that way. <laughs> uh, yeah, so. Mermista immediately... Like, I'll hmm? try to reframe. <laughs> just, no, by all means, too, it, that is what yeah, this episode is yeah, about. Yeah, it's just too easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh... But yeah, so uh, Mermista immediately disqualifies Shadow Weaver from suspicion because uh, it's too obvious, and it's never the obvious suspect. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> never the person that has a history of lying and manipulating people for decades or anything. Definitely not. Yeah, <laughs> definitely not the person. Definitely be. not the person that has betrayed two factions on Etheria in the last thirty years. At least, yeah, at the least. <laughs> no, it couldn't possibly be her. Yeah, we don't know how she managed to convince the Hordak to get give her that uh the black opal, so like who knows? Uh, black garnet, yeah. But still um, Black Garnet, yes. It's been too long. It's um, been literally last week when we talked about it. Stop telling people I have bad memories. <laughs> I'm not the best at that either. I just remember it particularly because that was the episode I was covering. <laughs> Uh, yes. Also, everything she says is punctuated by lightning because drama. Um, I do. I do at least like that. She, like, eventually, perfume is just like, "How are you doing that with timing with the lightning?" And she's like, "I practiced." <laughs> like she's just like, "I've read so many mystery novels. I know how to do this just by feel." <laughs> like Marissa is basically like Marissa is pretty much just what Seahawk tries to claim he is, but in actuality. <laughs> <laughs> like she lives for the fucking flair and drama <laughs> that he is incompetent yeah. and can't accomplish because he's powerless and a dork <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah I guess yeah that's fair um, in the rebellion camp outside of Brightmoon Double Trouble returns to their tent which is full of beanbags and plushies and I don't think it was last time but it sure is yeah, now I don't remember it being like uh, that last time though <laughs> Uh, from here, they report to Katra. Uh, she is worried that their cover is blown, but they are confident that the princesses will never suspect Flutterina, and even if they do, Double Trouble can just change their face and blame someone else. 
mostly Catra is concerned that they may, the princesses may figure out that the horde is working on something because if they leave the castle too soon, the whole plan is a bust. And so we cut to Mermista and Perfuma interrogating an elf. She was, a, she is a rebellion soldier and um, was allegedly not in place during the drill raid, which has put some suspicion on her. But Mermista just keeps asking about the murders, of which there weren't any. Yet uh, she there... keeps specifying yet. Yeah, she, she again. She's the kind of player that's like, I've just noticed some stuff, and I just want to call in an emergency meeting to let everybody know what I saw. Nobody's dead yet, but just to know. I did see I did see Adora uh, do garbage, which I, everybody always calls vent because it's like venting to trash, and it's like, well, no, that's a different term. <laughs> but yeah, no, she, she's the player that actually like takes note of stuff when there's nobody else does. <laughs> yeah, but they're they're very much doing a, a bad cop bad cop thing here, and uh, Mermista accuses this soldier of slipping away to warn the horde, but uh, this woman insists that she was following the plan. She was supposed to lure the horde away, so I guess she was involved somehow, but unless her job was just to sit in Bright Moon and let them see her there, I don't know. But anyway, uh, while she was doing that, Frosta, Bo, and Flutterina were supposed to go ahead, while uh, Seahawk and Mermista guarded the exits. Uh, Bo's team told the attack unit that the coast was clear, so they teleported in, and I do have to make a very... like... The assault team here is Glimmer, Perfuma, and this one random soldier. I don't know what <laughs> is going <laughs> Again, they never healed any amount of soldiers. They let the princesses do everything when they have dudes who can actually help. Like, they could be calling on the Guardian Worm, and meanwhile, that that guy's just hanging out miles away from Bright Moon all the time again. <laughs> but no, no, can't, can't get any help. Just princesses do everything. And also Seahawk. <laughs> Oh, this is just even weirder to me because there is a guard there, but only the one. Like, <laughs> yeah, it really, it kind of does read a little bit like they were like, we don't have enough characters to actually pull off this episode idea. We need to create somebody. <laughs> it's like, oh shit, if we have this person here, this person here, this person here, it's like, ah oh, shit, we're short one person. Uh, I mean, hey, for what it's worth, <laughs> they bring back the fucking uh, chef trio from like episode six yeah. of the entire show. So we were wrong, they lived. <laughs> but like it's like they could have had one of them be there instead of this random soldier lady. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so the assault team goes in, but as it turns out, the scouts weren't done yet, and so the horde figure out their positions and route them. Uh effectively it was Team A's fault that everything went wrong since they gave the all clear before it was ready. So we cut to Frosta interrogating Seneschal, and Bo is supposed to be helping, but instead he just confesses to being some sort of accidental secret spy. He's just so nervous that everything is going wrong, he assumes he must have been the cause of that. Yeah, he doesn't realize he's being third imposter. <laughs> like, oh no, and, I've been helping uh, yeah, he... <laughs> and he explains that uh, he was on the drill mission using his brand new Batman Arkham Asylum detective vision goggles to look for horned soldiers. It's the fucking uh, it's it it is really just the uh the fucking assassin's vision or whatever that highlights the target in red or gold or whatever. It's better than that though. Assassin vision is the worst version of detective vision. Yeah, true. because uh, when you use assassin vision, it just pings and then it's done. But detective vision toggles, so yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, um, 
Yeah, so he thinks his goggles started going weird because he saw two Frostas and then the assault team just sort of popped in early. He tried to send them call to retreat, but his tracker pad was gone and a bunch of Horde guys jumped him. So his conclusion is that he lost the pad, which tipped off the Horde, or worse, he handed it over on purpose without realizing it. But uh, yeah, Frosta keeps insisting he didn't do it, but he just keeps blaming, blaming himself and insisting he must be brainwashed or something. I don't know what happens to Bo lately, but he's in such a way yeah, but in this Bo, episode. Bo gets through, uh, pulled through the ringer in both these episodes, actually. <laughs> like, I get that he's under a lot of stress, but he must have done something wrong to be this worried about doing something wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Elsewhere, uh, Adora and Glimmer are interrogating Shadow Weaver. And I don't know who put these teams together, but it was probably the Spy, because there is literally no worse team for this mission than these two. <laughs> yep. Adora is just constantly irrationally suspicious of Shadow Weaver on account of all the uh, child abuse and manipulation. Oh, no. And so, Glimmer sorry, is basically I, her new BFF. Sorry to interrupt, I just saw that somebody made a mod to, for Spider-Man that ma replaces him with Luz. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god, this is... Like, all the bots people have done for that game just reskinning Spider-Man to be like Kermit the Frog or whatever has just been great. <laughs> just seeing a few loose is just very funny to me. <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> Alright, sorry. Continue. It's all good, it's all good. As long as she uh, uses plant glyphs to web swing. No, um... she was just doing real more web swinging. Boom. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so Shadow Weaver insists that she wasn't involved and didn't know there even was a mission this morning, and Adora's always been paranoid anyway, ha ha ha. But Adora thinks she's got her because Shadow Weaver was seen wandering around without her guards this morning, and like, I don't know why Adora thinks this is an argument, because we found out several episodes ago that Shadow Weaver is just a guest of the palace. She doesn't have guards anymore. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, they reiterate this, um... And I guess Adora forgot, I don't know, but either way, Adora gets super mad at Glimmer for not taking Shadow Weaver seriously and not not even telling Adora that this was what she was going to do, never mind the fact that Adora bumped into her and she told her personally three episodes ago. <sighs> yep. But either way, Glimmer goes ahead and gets mad right back because Shadow Weaver hasn't done anything but help them. And I'm going to level with you here. I don't like Glimmer anymore. <laughs> yeah, Glimmer's kind of just an asshole in these last few episodes. <laughs> yeah, like, I get that being the queen is tough, and I get that she just lost her mom. There's a lot of post-traumatic stress going on here, but this entire Glimmer arc is so rancid. I just, like, when your best friend's abusive mom shows up, you do not side with the abusive mom. What is wrong with you? Yeah, like, you know, when, like, Shadow Weaver first showed up in Bright Moon, Glimmer was definitely like, it is a, it is a bad idea to talk to her. She is a shitbag. Do not deal with her. Yeah, remember yeah. that episode where she and Bo were refusing to let Adora get anywhere near exactly. her? Exactly. And meanwhile, it's like, it's just completely changed because, like, Glimmer is like, oh, you taught me how to do, uh, you taught, you basically, uh, helped me, like, get, uh, what's it called, uh, agonizing blast for free okay cool great <laughs> i didn't have to change out one of my invocations uh -huh. and now i got this so i can actually kill people with fucking a uh, cantrip now <laughs> yeah it's we'll talk more about this as the episode goes on 
But Shadow Weaver tells them that if they're going to catch the spy, they need to set a trap, and Adora insists again that it must be her. But we cut away to Perfuma and Remisto now interrogating Seahawk. He's being a weirdo, as per the norm, but tells a story about the mission. He was at the exit, but Perfuma showed up and asked him to go join the assault team, so he did. And this is where he bumped into Remista and they got ambushed. Trouble is, Perfuma was with the assault team, and she never relieved him. And also, like, he and Mermista were supposed to be guarding the exit. Why was she in there already? But uh, I said that because that's what I wrote in my notes. It turns out that this is actually important. It's not an oversight. It's oh, a plot yeah. point. No, so it's like, yeah, like, me. <laughs> I mean, obviously, we as uh, the viewers, you know, obviously, we know that it's double trouble fucking with everybody. But it's like, even if you didn't have that context, you can still at least pick up the inconsistencies being like, oh, okay, something's going on here. Because, like, I mean, again, you see the two Frostas in Bo's visor and it's like, Though I get that your tech has always been really shitty and faulty, but it's like, it's never functioned <laughs> this much to show two of a person. <laughs> well, so specifically, the issue here is that Bo, or Seahawk and Mermista were supposed to be guarding the exit, right? But then Seahawk goes inside and Mermista's already in there. It's not another one, she's just already in. Yeah. And that confused me, but this is what I mean when I say it's a plot point, because apparently Frosta waved for her to come in, but vanished by the time she did. So it's it's not a plot hole, it's just a weird thing that they didn't super explain at the time, and Seahawk apparently didn't notice that Mermista left. Yeah, but I mean, like, even with all that, it's like, well, in all this, you also don't see Flutterina at all, which none of them really realize at all while they're talking through this. It's like, well, oh. Flutterina's supposed to be with the scouting team, so she and Bo and Frosto would be. Not even together, they were supposed to be, like, each in their own position scouting out the location, so it's kind of the perfect cover for her. Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah. We cut to Adora and Glimmer, uh, interrogating Flutterina, kind of. They're just really on edge, but still doing this thing together, I guess. And Flutterina suggests that Shadow Weaver is awfully suspicious, which gets them fighting again, and Adora actually has to stop and hyperventilate here because she's so mad about Glimmer trusting Shadow Weaver. And uh, Glimmer, of course, uh, feels like... The others have abandoned her. They just keep going out and doing missions while she's stuck here, and Shadow Weaver's the only one who will actually listen, but, uh, that's a bad justification. I don't care what your deal is, Glimmer. Like, you need to talk to somebody who is not your uh, best friend's abusive mom. <laughs> Anybody. It does like, even a rational adult who is not related to you in any way would be better for you. <sighs> A total stranger would be more healthy for you to talk to. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, <sighs> yes, Glimmer then says that uh, they're wasting time, and Flutterina tries to slip out during the fight, but since Glimmer says that they need to act on the Horde now, uh, Flutterina pauses just long enough to get cornered as all the others burst in. And they get a brief shot of Soda Pop and the two others from Crypto Castle, who have apparently just been at Bright Moon all along and not involved in the fights at all. Mm -hmm. And uh, they say that they saw Mermista with Bo's iPad. Um, there's a, a brief interrogation montage with various characters, including uh, Spinarella and Natasa, who were clearly on a date when they got called in for this. And the Minotaur lady, who is just being swooned over by some fawns. Uh, <laughs> It's like a it's like a who's who of the background characters. Yeah, the, yeah, it, it kind of also reads a little bit like they were like, we need to fill like ten seconds here. Who else we got? 
<laughs> you got these bottles hanging around. Let's reuse them. <laughs> yeah, that's that's very true. But yeah, eventually they all wind up in the same room and they're all arguing. But Clemmer just kind of slips out, and Adora follows her to ask what's going on, and she's just frustrated because nothing they do is working, and the horde is all of a sudden a head step ahead of them all the time. And she can't just sit around and wait for the next bad thing to happen. She plans to head to the Fright Zone and figure it all out on her own, because she doesn't know who can be trusted, so the less people involved, the better. But Adora begs her to stay. She, she can't handle all these secrets and lies, and figuring things out, and the team needs glitter. Adora does, and I feel like it's super important to remember at this point that Adora grew up with Shadow Weaver, you know? This whole lies and keeping secrets and manipulation thing, that's her whole world, and she finally got out of it, and now... Yeah, now it's come... Yeah, I'm not surprised she's not doing yeah, well. Yeah, it's come back to her regardless. Yeah, in the one place she thought she was safe, all of a sudden she's surrounded on all sides by enemies, and it's it's pretty rough, but we don't super touch on that because this is a Glimmer episode. <laughs> mm. uh. But yeah, in the middle of this moment, uh, the others burst in because the holographic communication panel they used to track the Horde's movements has been destroyed. Frosta saw Mermista leaving the room, but she was but Mermista claims to have been with Perfuma at the time. If they were smart, they would know for a fact now that there's someone who can shapeshift hanging around, but unfortunately they are not. <laughs> um, yeah, Bo's tracker pad is also in here, just in a puddle of water and smashed in half. So at the very least, they do know that there's a saboteur, because someone stole the pad and brought it here to break it. So there's that at least. They're not 100% in observance. <laughs> yeah. Like, even when... the even when the GM is having to put very obvious clues for them, because none of them have perception or investigation worth a damn, it's like, okay, you can at least notice things that the GM clearly wants you to notice because they put them there to comp to help you out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, everyone gathers together back in the parlor in classic detective story style, and Glimmer announces that though the comms are broken, there's a backup, and that the general is working to restore the damaged one. But the people in this room were the only ones who knew they were trying to unmask a spy and were involved in planning drill. It has to be one of but, them is the traitor. But that's also not true because they interrogate all those other people in the background and it's like, wouldn't they also know that they're trying to figure out what's going on now? <laughs> yes, yes, that's... I mean, maybe, so this I mean, is faulty logic. Be, Don't get me fair, wrong, it's to bad. To be fair, maybe they didn't specify to them that we're looking to figure out who's the traitor here. Like, maybe I, they might have just like explained of like, hey, we just had some questions for you. Where were you during this? And get your side of it. And it's like, oh. all right, cool, get out of here. That's possible, but what I need to be clear about, the, their justification for it being one of the people in this room is that they knew they were trying to unmask the spy and were involved with planning the drill thing. So th their supposition here is that the plan could not have gone wrong, could not have been betrayed, unless it was someone involved with the planning and drill. Yeah. And that is where I find fault with this logic, because literally anyone involved with the plan could have done it. It didn't have to be one of the planners, you know what I mean? So, yeah, it, it it's bad logic, but it's a kid's show. You got to do what you got to yeah. do. <laughs> um, 
So they talk through all the weirdnesses of the mission with Perfuma sending Seahawk away and Frosta calling Mermista in and Bo's team giving the all clear too early and so on and so forth. And Adora says that all this arguing is a waste of time, but Glimmer just starts to blow up about how no one listens to her or respects her decisions or her authority as queen. And I just like, this is why we don't need monarchs. Crowns are nothing but ego traps. That's why nobody wants to listen to you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, if you make bad decisions, your subjects don't recognize them. Is the thing. Yeah. <laughs> like if you keep making bad decisions, that's when uh, the peasants get out the the pitchforks and the guillotine to take care of the monarch. <laughs> yeah, it's wild that it's starting so close to home, though. Usually, you don't get uh, the the queen's best friend doing the murders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're just being like, "Well, I guess it's on me because I'm the one that actually has a weapon that can actually behead a person." nobody else has a sword <laughs> yeah um so they start to argue really loudly but seahawk breaks down and admits to the room that he's been lying about something uh this genuinely shocks flutterina there's a very good look on her face when he does this like i don't know what she thinks he's about to say but she fully believes that he's tried, he betrayed them or something <laughs> and uh yeah uh through this whole episode, he's been, like, lying about the number of guys he fought in the Fright Zone, and this is just him admitting that, so it's not as dramatic as he needs it to be, so he has to scream and cry in front of the whole room because he's a giant baby who lives for the drama. <laughs> as we'll see again in next episode. <laughs> yes. Uh, Adora is pointing out exactly what's wrong with every one of Glimmer's decisions. First and foremost, that Glimmer has decided to trust Shadow Weaver, and Glimmer throws it right back at her, claiming that Adora is just jealous that she's not Shadow Weaver's favorite anymore. Like, 100% hands down, Adora is a better person than I am, because I would have put my fist through Glimmer's face right here. <laughs> not in, through. <laughs> Well, I don't care if she's the queen. I mean, as we also see, they're also acting it up at the moment, even though they very much are still at odds with each other in the next episode anyway. But it's like, yeah, they're they're obviously like they. I mean, let's say reveal again, they are playing this up to try to lure out the, the traitor and all. But still, okay. Listen, yes, this is technically an act, but. This is also who Glimmer is right now. This egotistical, unempathetic, siding with an abusive parent, monarchist, just absolute monster. I hate her right now. And as much as I hate to say it, she's going to be this character for a long while. Oh, so they're not going to resolve this before season five. Unfortunately, no. Uh, She's having her catcher arc. Oh, fun. (laughs) (laughs) Well, something else to look forward to, I guess. Yeah, this glimmer is as much as Shira is the back half of the season for me. I don't. I wish this arc had been wrapped up faster. I wish. I don't know what I wish. I just. I love this show so much, and this is probably my least favorite thing about it is this arc that Glimmer is gonna go through here. But, yes, so she she claims all this trauma, saying that no one knows how hard it is for her to be a queen, and no one respects her, but Adora just gets to run around being the hero, and Adora points out, rightfully, I think, that uh, this is all because Glimmer just shut everyone out the instant she became queen. They aren't a team anymore, and she's just treating them like lackeys. True. Yeah, actually, like, 100% of the nose. That's just what, what's been happening. Yeah. <laughs> 
Adora is like super incisive in this episode in a way she is not usually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so during this fight, Flutterina slips away to look for the backup communicator that Glimmer mentioned at the top of the scene, but this was a trap because uh, Adora and Glimmer are here in the uh, dining room or whatever. I forgot what room this is in. But uh, actually, the whole alliance is here because there is no backup communicator and the whole fight was staged for the traitor's benefit. Adora and Glimmer set this whole thing up behind the, the scenes. Um, I think they went behind the other princesses' backs with this, too, because they wouldn't have any way to know if it was Flutterina. No, they, but, they met yeah, this whole yeah. thing was a way to catch the spy. Yeah. Like they, they were at the least sure that it's like, okay, it's not Glimmer and it's not Adora. But like, yeah. they weren't sure who else. So yeah, they obviously would have gotten and done this behind everybody else. And yeah. then probably loop them in once they notice that Flutterina very obviously left the room. <laughs> like, didn't even really try to sneak off. Just kind of just walked out, just being like, well, I guess everybody else is distracted. Just walked out and walked to the room where the decoy thing <laughs> yeah. was and started talking out loud about how she wanted to find and destroy the decoy That's thing. Not a very smart move on their part, honestly. <laughs> no, not really. Um... Yeah, so Flutterina tries to run, but gets caught in a glowing prison cylinder, the kind that Shadow Weaver used to be caught in. And uh, this was aided by Shadow Weaver during the scene where they confronted her earlier. See, Glimmer still can't actually do her own magic. She's like she provides the spell slots, but Shadow Weaver has to actually cast it. <laughs> and yeah, it's a it's a it's that's... a weird thing where it's like, oh, Glimmer is both the the player character and the warlock patron for an NPC. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's. I don't know how they got to a point where Adora agreed to do this with Shadow Weaver, but apparently they did. So there you go. I mean, we see right here, this is why Glimmer trusts Shadow Weaver, of course, is because she can do the casting when Glimmer can't. And, and, and also, she it really right. frustrates <laughs> me that she's fallen into this, like, power hungry. I need this crutch thing so fast, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, maybe if it was slower over the season or whatever, and, like... Exactly, like maybe, yes. What if it was, like, you know, near the end of season four, that's when she finally does snap and do stuff, and it's like, oh, okay, at least this was being built up to... I mean, to be fair, I mean, at least it's, like, this still makes at least more sense to me of why Glimmer's fallen this way compared to how they handled Danny back in the end of Game of Thrones. Because, <laughs> oh boy, they could not have fucked that up more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's, like, ostensibly the reason that Glimmer trusts Shadow Weaver is that Shadow Weaver is teaching her magic so she can be a powerful sorcerer like her dad. But we never see that. We only ever see Shadow Weaver use her for her spell slots. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, while I don't know that I would like the arc better, I think it would make more sense if we saw Shadow Weaver teaching her literally anything at all, ever, yeah, she, 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 for her. She, she helped walk her through the scrying spell, and that was it. <laughs> yeah. Like I remember, like uh, I remember yes. when like uh, Glimmer was not happy that Shadow Weaver was tapping into her power to electrocute uh, Katra, and then Glimmer just goes ahead and does that again herself later on, like a month or so yeah, weird, in right? like continuity half <laughs> later on or whatever, if that. <laughs> 
So yeah, now that their uh, cover has been blown and they're trapped in this prison cylinder, uh, Double Trouble reveals himself and does their best to freak everyone out, just shifting between all of them and showing their true form and then just like licking their own eyeballs while burying their pointy monster teeth. I have to point out here, if they're already caught, why wouldn't they just keep up the disguise of Flutterina and hope that they could break out and pretend to be somebody else again later on? Rather than just playing their entire <laughs> hand of like, yeah, I've been fucking with all y'all. <laughs> I mean, I think it's a, I think it's a theater kid thing, you know. You gotta, you gotta show off a little. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're they're caught and they're just still really trying to freak out the alliance, and it works by the look of Bo. He he does not like it when Double Trouble licks their own eye. <laughs> yeah. Um. DT then asks about uh, Adora and Glimmer's performance, because after all, they're an actor, and this was just such a good show. Was it uh, perhaps inspired by their true emotions? Bum bum bum. And then they come clean about everything, telling the Alliance exactly how they messed up the drill situation and how it was all a distraction to keep them from uh, moving out of Bright Moon until the quote-unquote plan was underway. See, uh, the Horde moved on Selenius earlier today, and Hordak used a brand new Samus-style arm blaster thing to destroy the Seagate. Uh, Selenius has been leveled, and the Seagate is just gone, so the Horde controls the oceans now. <laughs> um, they don't super believe this. They think that now that they've caught Double Trouble, they can go stop it, but actually, uh, it's a Watchmen situation. It happened 45 minutes ago. Yeah, it's already gone. Uh, <laughs> Glimmer teleports the best friend squad and Mermista to Selenius, which has just been fully conquered. There is nothing here but the Horde and, like, a child's doll floating in the water. Uh, the city has been burnt down is in, and is in ruins, and Glimmer makes a, a stirring declaration that this will never happen again, because it doesn't matter what they try or what the Horde throws at them, they will take Etheria back. All of it. And then we cut to a space station out in deep space, where we see just the bottom of a mysterious figure's face as he gives a smirking grin. The end. Meanwhile, this uh, definitely will happen again in the very first opening scene of the next episode, where another town gets blown up. <laughs> so much. For... Yeah, they really got to do something about that Samus arm cannon. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, they haven't accurately seen the arm cannon yet, so they don't know what they're up against. Well, that's true, but also in the next episode, Hordak says something that makes me think that they fought him several times off screen. He does kind of imply that, yeah, or at the least that he hasn't just actually seen uh, one of them in particular out on the field yeah. of battle since, like, this episode and the time between, the, I guess, between the, in the time between these two episodes. I guess but that's But also, fair. like, Entrapta doesn't fight, and she's, she doesn't have magic powers. She has, she has prehensile hair, and that's it. <laughs> She has her brain. That's, she doesn't have... She can't shoot fire or anything. <laughs> I mean, she she could build a flamethrower. She could, but that doesn't mean that she herself can use fire itself. Like, I mean, she would still be relied upon that, and if it gets destroyed, then it's like, well, no more fire. Yeah. It's not her just being like, I just summoned it from me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's... This is a neat episode. It's very different from a lot of the stuff we've had before. Um, we definitely focused a lot on the, 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 I don't know even what the word for it is, not evil Glimmer storyline, but the Glimmer makes a heel turn storyline. Yeah. 
because that's kind of the most relevant thing in this episode. I mean, as much as it's split between all of the characters, it is very much her episode, you know? So. Yeah. I am kind of bummed to see Double Trouble get pulled out this fast. I was... Like, they've been undercover for, what, two, three episodes? Uh, yeah, it was only, like, I think two weeks ago when we had the Flood Arena episode. So it's yeah, not so... been very long. I mean, last week was literally the time when, like, Flood Arena was like, Hey, it's my the first time you took me on a mission, yay! Yeah, and that's immediately, Oh, well, they already fucked up and got, <laughs> like, people figured out that there was a spy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so but I know that it had to happen, and I'm glad that it happened in this weird and cool way. But also, like, like you know, yeah, <laughs> Double Trouble should be a better actor than that. You'd imagine, considering their whole thing is pretending to be other people. But again, if yeah. if Flutterina doesn't actually exist, then they obviously didn't do a very good job of pretending to be somebody else. Because if that person doesn't exist, they can't pretend to be somebody else. <laughs> They're using uh, only what they know, which apparently is jack shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, should we just move on to the next one? Uh, yeah, I don't think I have anything else to say about yeah. this one. I mean, I feel like we really don't have anything to say as much at the end of an episode, but that's because we also talk about the stuff in the middle of the episode while it's being surmised. Like it, it's that's true. We, we don't but, like sometimes. I like to. Uh, give just like a brief rundown at the end, you know what I yeah. mean? Uh, themes and general feelings about the episode, that sort of thing. Yeah. Excuse me, I don't know why I'm yawning so bad. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, season four, episode eight, Boys Night Out, which has a very weird title for what actually happens with it, really. <laughs> uh, you know, it starts with the horde uh, rolling up to. I'm trying to think of how to describe this town. It's like, uh, it's full of like aquatic themed people. Like there's some like octopi people and like some like clammy kind of people. I don't, I don't even mm-hmm. know how to like fully articulate who they are. I guess they're full of uh, people. Well, I don't know what the name of the town is, but I did watch this on Netflix, and so I got the official subtitles. And uh, these people are credited as sea elves when they have voice lines. So okay, yeah, the sea elves then. Pretty sure they also say the name yeah. of the town like twice in the episode. I just forget. <laughs> yeah, same. But yes, uh, the horde shows up there, and Hordak just blows it to hell with his Mega Man arm cannon that he's got now. Just shoots a giant laser through it. But hey, Seahawk is in town and helps them defend the town. And by that, of course, we mean that Glimmer saves the town's folk and then Seahawk as well. Because Seahawk is useless. <laughs> Even with his fucking lightsaber, Seahawk does nothing. <laughs> and, <laughs> oh, yeah, he's got his fire sword back. Yeah, which, again, he's had like once before <laughs> in this. Why didn't he have his fucking laser sword in the last episode? <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't be trusted with it. <laughs> I guess, but now he is again for some reason. He's got his permission restored because we missed his bench for the moment, I guess. Well, now that they know he's not the spy, he can have his uh, true, yeah, back. True, yeah, he can have his actual weapon again. But yes, uh, <laughs> everybody's sad about that as they all like get on the boat and sail away, and Glimmer swears to get Hordak for this. I don't think that's going to happen either, considering that Glimmer doesn't seem like she actually is really capable of dealing with anything to accomplish any actual goals, besides just being a nuisance <laughs> at the moment. 
But yes, uh, back over at Bright Moon, the Rebellion has a meeting about trying to turn things around after Selenius' destruction from the previous episode. And Adora just gives a report that Perfuma is helping to guard the Whispering Woods, and that Frosta reports that her kingdom hasn't been breached yet. And then she gets pissed again when Glimmer shows up unannounced. Uh, wait. Oh, that Glimmer had shown up unannounced at the town from earlier, whose name we don't know. Uh, putting herself in the way of danger once again. When they bring up where Marista is at, Seahawk explains that she's taking some me time to basically just have a depression bath and an ice cream binge, much like, uh, King and, uh, Lily, or Lilith did <laughs> back in season two. <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, oh, what's Lilith's name again? And then I remembered Hootie's nickname for her for some reason. No, no, it's not even Lily. It's, no, that, that's what Ida called her. Like, Hootie calls her Lulu, right? <laughs> uh, but yes. Uh, Glimmer reiterates that no one gives her orders to hide in the castle and just ends the meeting abruptly because of course Glimmer is just being a nuisance more, just being a butthead. <laughs> and Bo is bummed out about what to do with Adora and Glimmer just arguing all the time. So Seahawk offers for them and Swiftwind that the boys nod out to cheer him up. And that's basically the only time where they really actually say the name of the, of the episode title. <laughs> that's really... Yeah. Uh, you know how in the Owl House, like, you despise the body swap episode? Mm -hmm. This is the one that I don't like. Yeah, so. this, ep this episode at least has, like, some bits with, like, Bo's, like, where Bo's headspace is in in this episode, but overall, this episode kind of sucks. <laughs> Not gonna lie. That's fair, but yeah, it, it just... It's, it's way... So much of this is not... It's... it's I don't like this episode. Yeah. I mean, it's like... It, and it really bums me out that this is where we're going to end on She-Ra for a while. Yeah, like, when when I when we talked about how, like, Boys Night Out was going to be the last episode we were going to do for a bit, I was like, okay, I wonder what's going to happen there, because, like... And I wondered that, too, before I watched this episode yesterday, because it's like, I mean, I watched the, uh, the previous one on, like, Sunday or whatever, so it's like, oh, why is there going to be a fucking Boys Night Out episode, like... The day after a kingdom falls, but yeah, it turns out not very much about the actual boys' night. <laughs> yeah, I should reiterate at least I don't outright hate the body swap episode. It's just that in all the Owl House episodes, it is clearly number forty whatever in the list. It is on the bottom because it's it doesn't progress the plot. And again, like I I just don't. It, it's weird that it's like oh they've had to like kind of rushed through a lot of stuff they wanted to do once they realized how short the show was going to be and meanwhile it's like oh back then they didn't know and they wasted one episode on a body swap episode yeah. <laughs> they could have gotten the loose quinceanera episode instead but no <laughs> they wanted to do that but no time because they had to do a body swap episode instead <laughs> uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to talk about our house again for even just a week <laughs> yeah it really yeah. is but yes, uh, getting back to She-Ra at the moment, uh, Catra goes and meets with Fordak to congratulate him over their conquering of Selenius, and he says that he plans to stay in the field of battle to conquer the planet before Horde Prime arrives, rather than going back to his lab like Catra kind of wants him to. And <laughs> she contacts Octavia from, I think the last time we saw her was like way back in the, uh, the Promise episode, back in season one, right? So, yeah, I think so, because it was during the flashback yeah, with the kids. Yeah, I was pretty sure that was when we last saw her. Yeah, she contacts her over her little, like, uh, radio badge thing for her status, 
and to say that uh, Double Trouble should be contacting them soon as they had scheduled. But when she tries to call Scorpio, she gets distracted saying that she has some managerial work to do instead now that Hordak's actually bothering to do stuff himself for once. And she obviously just doesn't notice that she doesn't get a response from Scorpio at all because she's too distracted talking to herself. Because <laughs> Katra can never be happy with anything. She finally got what she wanted with the weapon done and going around to conquer people and she's still not happy. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out, yeah. hey, uh, Katra, maybe it's because you just keep fucking up as much as Glimmer does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Adora would be the one eating Katra's chest pieces, yeah. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. yes. 100%. <laughs> yes, uh, Bo, Seahawk, and Swiftwind basically are just at a bar having what I think are strawberry floats. I'm not really sure fully. I don't think they're alcohol because it doesn't really look like an alcoholic drink. But who knows? <laughs> it doesn't look like it. <laughs> but they're just there during the daytime, which Bo brings up of like, how is this a boys' night out if it's not even night? <laughs> but <laughs> Seahawk, just being his usual idiotic self, breaks into a song to try to convince Bo that their bun can bounce back from everything and that they're, you know, besties and all, like he usually does. And when they finish the song, some mercs hold them at sword point, with Seahawk explaining that he paid them off to capture them to get the princesses to work together to air quote save them. But then he realizes that the mercs are actually not the people he paid off. <laughs> Somehow he doesn't notice that these people are very different looking, and they instead get kidnapped for realsies. <laughs> Which r ripped a boy's night out, because uh, that's the end of boy's night out, basically, in terms of, like, actually doing what the episode title is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, boy's night is over. They sure do spend a lot of episodes in this show naming the episode something that is, like, either vague or not really having to do overall with the story itself. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> I mean, hey, we said that about, like, Labyrinth Runners as well back in Owl House, but it's like, well, they had to figure out how to fit an L in the title for the uh, one of the secret messages, and that's the closest they can get. <laughs> so, deal with it. <laughs> yes, uh, Bo asks Swiftwind to try using his magic bomb for to basically just uh, cast sending to her to try to get help. And that happens while uh, Glimmer goes to talk to Mermista to check up on her, but she sees that Adora is there instead, and that Mermista's like, claims of being alone are basically just all in her head, because she's like, I'm alone inside, or whatever, instead of like, he being physically alone. Because Adora's <laughs> just there trying to mop up the like, spilled bath water. <laughs> is she yeah. using a mop, or is that actually her sword again? I didn't catch that. I think that's her I sword. Think, again, I think yes. it is. We have established she can turn some off, so it would it would surprise me if she found a normal mop when she could just make her ancient fucking magic sword a mop. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I really wonder what happens to like, because when you use a mop, it absorbs yeah. like the dirt and it gets all up in the mm -hmm. the, the bristles and gets super cruddy. Does is that there a bunch make of, is, the sword? Is gross? there a bunch of dirt and water trapped inside the sword <laughs> for all eternity now? <laughs> Uh, yeah. Can she shoot a stream of dirty mop water at people? I mean, she can shoot a laser beam. She has her Eldritch Blast. Maybe it shoots like some nasty, dirty water a few times before it actually goes back to normal. Ugh, horrible. <laughs> yeah. It's like trying to unclog a vacuum and let it run. <laughs> yeah. It's like a shop vac. Yeah. 
<laughs> but yeah, uh, Glimmer is just like, well, I guess Marissa is fine, and just immediately starts to leave, and the Dora gets to chase after her, uh, claiming that they need to work together. So the Glimmer is repeatedly pushing them all away and ignores, and like, at, like while like uh, Dora's having this rant, she's just also ignoring hearing the ocean in her ears, I guess, because she can hear that from Swift Wind. <laughs> Not actually yeah, him himself, like... just here's the ocean. It's a little less like a sending spell, and a little more like a familiar's kind of empathetic connection that they had in 3.5, yeah, where like you couldn't yeah. send words, just feelings. Yeah, like how in like 5e you can actually like uh, like see from your familiar's perspective and use like their like senses and stuff. I, I guess a little, but I don't... So a 3.5 familiar was a lot more limited in that it couldn't communicate and you couldn't share senses, but it did like have an empathic connection, so it could send you a feeling yeah. if that made sense. Mm -hmm. And that's that's what I feel like is going on here with Swiftwind. So yeah. I think Adora has some nonsense 3.5 character adapted for the 5e system thing going on, and that's why she's so OP. Yeah, uh, yeah, that would make sense considering how how fucking busted 3.5 was and like as a whole. <laughs> <laughs> especially since uh paladins in 3.5 just got their mount as a ability it wasn't a spell they cast they, yeah that, that it was is a, true, a class yeah. feature that yeah so got that like fourth level instead of it being like uh, something that a paladin could only get at, like fifth because it was a second level spell in 5e yeah yep but it's also well we haven't got to that part yet. We'll talk about that later, <laughs> assuming I remember this bit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we have to get in our prerequisite D&D talk with this show. <laughs> Which, yeah, for some reason, some reason has just become a thing <laughs> that just happens all the time. <laughs> I really hope that when we get to our next show, whatever that may be, we find a new bit. <laughs> yeah, we, we never mention 5e again, <laughs> for some reason. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, but continuing on, uh, when like Swiftwind's uh, call doesn't work, Seahawk then says that Remissa taught him how to speak Seagull, and he does that to like try to draw a Seagull around to squawk at it, but nothing happens there. The Seagull sit, like sits on his head. And at this, uh, I don't remember if this was actually said up until now, but apparently the guy that took him capture, at least their leader, is called Captain Scurvy. Just fully on the name like admiral scurry admiral scurry yeah not captain but like it's like yeah it's very much point on the nose when when this guy's parents named him it's like well you can't do anything besides be a pirate of some sort <laughs> well i mean obviously he's trans so. oh yeah so yeah he would have picked his name himself right <laughs> yep yes exactly yeah. but yes uh um he it is he he definitely knows Bo from the past, but it's never really clarified in what way. So maybe he was at the bar when they met uh, Seahawk at the start, like way back in season one. Well, because he will say like the reason he hates uh, Seahawk is that Seahawk set his last two boats on fire. Uh, three so. boats. <laughs> yeah, see, yeah, there you go. It was the last three boats that Seahawk had before he joined up at the mall. <laughs> But yes. Uh, if I remember correctly, Nate said in like a Q and A that they were ex boyfriends, but I don't super see that from the way they act in the show. Yeah, the... Admiral Scurvy is just way too patronizing and dismissive. Yeah, he acts more like a disappointed dad than an ex boyfriend. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it, I mean, considering that he also like just says their friendship and all, it doesn't really read that way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
where was I? Oh yes. Uh, yeah, Admiral Scurvy basically just uh, cuts uh, Seahawk free to make him walk the plank for burning his last three ships, as mentioned. <laughs> and at that, the seagull flies off as Bo tries to appeal to Scurvy's old friendship with Seahawk, which he just absolutely laughs at and plans on ransoming them rather than just making him fall into the ocean and drown or beating my sharks. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, god, I almost said Shadow Weaver because I abbreviated Swiftwind the SW again. <laughs> uh, Swiftwind, Swiftwind <laughs> is pissed that Seahawk didn't tell them what was going on to have been able to stop him because he's like, why didn't y'all stop me? It's like, because you didn't tell us what was fucking going on, you idiot. <laughs> so how were we stopping yeah, you? Yeah. But Bo's still just assured that Adora and Glimmer will find them because he just has faith in these two when he probably shouldn't at this point, and honestly, at the least not in Glimmer. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> Uh, but going back over with Catra, she's just sitting around, um, like, so, I guess some, like, little meeting place or something, waiting for Scorpia, and confides over the radio badge about how she thought winning was gonna be more fun than it actually is, and she gets annoyed because she thinks Scorpia is ignoring her before she goes off to check out what's actually going on. <laughs> uh, back on the boat, Scurvy says that the guys were paid for by the Horde and not the Rebellion, who pull up in a ship to pick them up. And Seahawk again tries to appeal to him in their old friendship, being like, oh, didn't it didn't mean nothing? And Scorpio's like, it really didn't. <laughs> he just does not give a fuck. I'm honestly a little shocked that uh, the Horde was willing to pay for these three, because... Yeah, like... none, of them is, none of them are a princess. I guess I could see it, I guess, in just terms of, well, it's the Magic Horse is one of them that they captured. <laughs> so I guess that's real worthwhile. I mean, because, like, I guess. and also, I mean, like, Bo is, like, their best, well, they don't know at the moment that a chapter is actually with the Rebellion, but it's, like, Horde is, like, or, uh, Bo is, like, one of their better tech guys, so I guess, it's like, well, he's, like, the second best techie, so I guess he's still worthwhile, but, yeah, Seahawk is not worth a ransom. <laughs> Seahawk, he's done nothing in the show besides be bummed out about Mermista not wanting to be boyfriend and girlfriend for some reason. <laughs> He's such a pain. Yeah, he is. <laughs> but yes, uh, Scurvy also takes that point to gloat about how the princesses probably don't even know where, that they're gone. And uh, back over in Bright Moon, Adora and Glimmer continue to argue with each other, just because that's what they do now. And as they do that, the seagull arrives and finds Remista still in the bath. Apparently, I didn't realize she's just, like, not actually, like, naked in the bath. She's still wearing her clothes. Or, like, her, like... Her watery outfit that she always wears that she wear, has when she becomes mermaid form. She's just, yeah, yeah, she's in mermaid mode, yeah. so no nudity allowed. Like, yeah, obviously kids show and all, but it's like, it's just a little bit amusing that it's like, oh, she's having like a depression bath and ice cream binge, but she's actually not naked. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's like the equivalent of her just like slicing about in her pajamas, but instead of being in that, she's in a bath because she's the water person. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Uh, and Glimmer eventually decides to take the argument too far and says that the theory is in the worst position ever since Adora showed up as Shira, and that if she was doing a better job, her mom wouldn't be air quotes dead. Because I mean, to, to be fair, I mean, uh, her mom ain't actually dead from what we still know. She's still just trapped in between dimensions, even though they treat her like she's dead. But still, I mean, she's dead. Effectively dead, yes, but not maybe not actually dead then. But yeah. She was sent to Beast Island, okay? <laughs> no, because Beast Island is actually a place you can get to. Assumably Scorpio's <laughs> going there. 
Scorpia is not cramming herself between dimensions to try to rescue <laughs> the Glimmer's mom. <laughs> but yes, uh, real dick move here, Glimmer. Not cool. But yeah, she tries to apologize, but at that point, Mermista bursts in, re reporting what the seagull told her, and grabs them to go rescue the idiot boys. Or, really, the boys and the idiot. The idiot, of course, being <laughs> Seahawk. Because, of course, this happened because of Seahawk. <laughs> I don't know, I think we can put Squishbones in that category. He's complicit. Uh, to fair, he did, help to, he did help to push Bo into doing Boys Night Out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even though Swift Wind... Like, Swift Wind, again, like... Uh, Swiftwind really doesn't get to do a whole lot in the show either. That's been actually good. He's he's rather just there for comic relief or to be annoying. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's a bummer. I really, really miss that episode four Swiftwind, who was so dedicated to the liberation of horses from their human masters. Yeah. Where did he go? <laughs> yeah, he uh, he stopped giving a fuck. I guess he got complacent with the uh the royalty. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what up? These people will give me armor if I stick with them? I guess I'm a class traitor now. <laughs> yeah, not cool. Uh, back on the Horde boat, Octavia tells the boys that Katja... Like, because this is kind of weird, because, like, I mean, Seahawk just asked Octavia, so what happened to your eye? And she says that Katja put it out when she was six, which I guess was, like, right at the same time that we saw in that flashback, because Octavia definitely had an eye patch on, or, like, a bandit eye. Yeah, well, I mean, we saw, like, the immediate aftermath of Catra doing that. Yeah, that's true. And the next thing that happened was, uh, Catra scratches Octavia's eye out, Octavia goes to the infirmary, gets a patch, ten minutes later, Adora shows up and calls her a dumb face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> real, real jerk kids here, but also kids don't realize how terrible they could be. Kids, yeah. are, kids are not capable of understanding that words can have a lot of uh, pain behind them. <laughs> when And also, maybe don't do things like put a person's eye out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, but yeah, Octavia then threatens them with a shock prod as Bo finally cracks under the pressure of being the only one who actually cares to try to figure things out and fix things and is just fed up with the bullshit and is just like, do whatever you want, I don't fucking care anymore. <laughs> Uh, and at that, the princesses show up because they just celebrate there via Glimmer, and we actually get a full transformation sequence. Because I guess this episode <laughs> didn't have a lot going on, so they were like, we've got 20 seconds to kill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Glimmer breaks them all out of their ropes, and they all hand the sword soldiers their asses as they get another song, which is kind of just like a Mermist is like, yeah, I'm back in the fucking fight kind of song. And she just beats the shit out of a bunch of people. Uh, yeah, this is a really weird one because it is specifically diegetic music, and yet it's like electric guitar and drums and stuff. And no, <laughs> yeah, no, nobody. I don't know where that's coming yeah, from. Yeah, nobody has instruments on them. <laughs> right, but she acknowledges beforehand that it's going to be a rock remix of the earlier song, so it has to be in universe music. Yeah, is the thing. But no shanty. <laughs> this is a lab, but no shanty. <laughs> Uh, but the important thing is that during the fight, Glimmer and Dora kind of put aside their differences to activate the gay powers, but are still clearly just fed up with each other once the battle's finished because, like, they just walk off. Yeah, well, a thing that happens is Glimmer does try to reach out to Adora at the end, but Adora just runs off. And I don't really blame her insofar as Glimmer just gave her all the blame for killing Glimmer's mom. Yeah. 
But that also, happened like, like five minutes ago still. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I don't know. That was that was a place that things could have been resolved and they made the active decision not to do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yes. Just to quickly finish out the episode, because there's only a little bit left, uh, Katja gets back to the Fright Zone to find Scorpia's room empty, because I guess she just assumed that oh, nobody's seen Scorpia around. For Somehow nobody's noticed that Scorpion's been on for days at this point, I guess. <laughs> but I am so, so very sad that Scorpia didn't take anything with her. Like, she left a picture of her parents behind, and she, she did, left her yeah. cool desert lady jacket, and... Well, the, the, I can see her leaving the jacket behind because, again, she has realized that Katra fucking sucks. So why would she take the jacket that reminded her of, like, the one time Katra could have actually been happy by just saying, fuck the horde? <laughs> I guess. I thought she just liked it for its own sake, but yeah, yeah. she didn't even take her little Scorpion plushie. She just left it all behind. Yeah. It's very like, sad. At least you'd think she would take the photo of her mom's. Yeah, for but sure. No, she left that there. Uh, but... She didn't even take the picture of her in Entrapta without Catra. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's true. Yeah, she left that too. Yes, uh, when Catra's in there asking for around Sir Scorpia, she hears herself on the other end of Scorpia's radio badge and finds it and a note on her bed explain presumably explaining that she's like, fuck this, fuck the horde, fuck you, I'm out. Goodbye. <laughs> Yeah, Catra does not read the note, though. She just opens it up and immediately drops it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like just even seeing a note in general probably already conveys enough of, like, yeah, you haven't been able to get a hold of her because she decided to dip because fuck you. <laughs> yeah, like, when a Starfleet officer leaves their combat behind, you know they're not on board anymore, yeah, but still. <laughs> pretty much. Uh, yeah, back with the the kids on the boat. My mister reassures Seahawk that she's back in the game and not depressed anymore somehow immediately, even though Selene has only fell, like, yesterday. <laughs> yeah, if that. Yeah, she's back in it to try to retake Selenius. As Bo sees Adora again, brush Glimmer off as Glimmer tries to talk to her, because, again, still fair. <laughs> Glimmer's only been an asshole this whole time. Why would Adora want to deal with her? <laughs> <laughs> and she tells him that she's gonna go look for Mara's weapon, saying that it might turn the tide in the war, and when Bo says that Glimmer needs her friend more than a weapon, Adora rightfully points out that she sure is acting like she doesn't. Because, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> also fair. <laughs> Glimmer's been an asshole. <laughs> yeah, like, how do I say this? I don't think it's fair to immediately write a person out of your life because they're going through a hard time, yeah? yeah? But I also understand that Adora is having a rough reaction to all of this. I think she needs space more than anything, and just the position of the war is not giving her time to have that. Yeah. So she's going to go off on a solo road trip to try and find a mysterious... Um, uh, a weapon of mass destruction just like you always do when you feel yeah. sad you know whenever you have any bit of an argument for a friend it's like all right well i guess i'm gonna go find a gun <laughs> maybe my friend will like go find a bomb that was buried ten thousand years ago this will probably be yeah. fine maybe my friend will appreciate this nuke i find <laughs> but yes uh this all just leaves Bo very sad and we end the episode right there <laughs> yeah that's it's boys' night. I don't know. I don't feel like I have anything else to say about it other than <laughs> I just don't like this episode for so many reasons. I can't even begin to... It's not even, like... 
inoffensively boring in the way that the first season she <laughs> stuff was. It's... <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I got nothing else. How about you? No, not really. <laughs> It's kind of it's kind Fair of it's enough. kind of a weird downer to leave Shira on for a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, it really is. This is not a good place to stop. But here we yeah, go. I guess. Well, we got we got something planned for next week, and then we have the first special. So timing just works out that way. Weirdly. <laughs> yep, it is what it is. What it is. Yep. So, uh, let's say we take a trip back to the eighties, shall we? Yeah, okay. I only have one and a half characters for you today, which is a weird way of saying it, but it's true. So, Admiral Scurvy, the master of the Horde's Navy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You can see uh, he is kind of a a grayish-skinned dude with a robot eye. Um, He is, indeed, the evil admiral of the Horde fleet. Uh, He can shoot lasers and stun beams and junk out of his eyes. Uh, There is only one thing in the entire world he cares about, and this is why I say one and a half characters, because uh, there's a cat girl on his crew in the She-Ra Princesses of Power show that we covered. We didn't really talk about her, but the first cat girl who isn't Catra. (laughs) And the thing is, she isn't named in the episode or the credits, but I'm pretty sure her name is Squall, because in the 80s show, Admiral Scurvy's cat Squall was the only person he cared about in his entire life, and I think this is her. <laughs> like that the cat also has so, an eye patch on the same eye. <laughs> yes, exactly. They match. It's very cute. Uh, you know, it's it's fine. He's a two-episode villain. Um, he was designed to look a little bit like Keith Richards from the Rolling Stones, if you're familiar. <laughs> Not as much as what he looks like, but I would believe it because it was the 80s. <laughs> and yeah, that's, that's that's pretty much it. Seahawk is the one who beats him in a fight, and they send him off to Queen Angela to be tried for his crimes, and that's all we know. It's not an engaging story like Flutterino was. <laughs> yeah, marginally. But also, again, 80s, yeah. so they don't do much in the 80s besides yeah. be like, hey, look at all the magical girls and the, the tights and, and yeah. the short skirts. Yeah. That's what they do. Here's are. the action figure. <laughs> Listen, well, it, I really like the uh, chin on this Yeah, guy. like he's got some Thanos going on there on the chin <laughs> with the smile. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> I like that he comes with the cat, too. <laughs> You don't need to include the cat with the action figure, but they did so anyway. <laughs> well, I mean, the cat's the only thing he's ever cared about in his life. He didn't have a choice. You can't take them away from each other. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's that's all I got. That's we didn't get any real other new characters this week, so. Uh, we we and, did uh, kind of get a new voice actor because I looked back and I didn't actually cover Octavia back when she was introduced because I thought she was gonna be not a character that would show up again. <laughs> and oh, that's did. fair. Uh, I should also point out real quick. Technically, Scurvy is a new character, but he's also voiced by Keston John, who voices Hordak, and we've covered him like five times already on the show. I feel <laughs> so we don't need to cover Scurvy as <laughs> much. But uh, Octavia is voiced by Amy Landecker. Uh, Landecker who she mostly has like a lot of like bit parts and like live action stuff but the main ones i did see in terms of like actually playing like animated characters is that she played barbara gordon in batman the long halloween both parts uh Hmm. funnily enough she was another barbara as barbara lake in the various troll hunters films and tv show i've never seen any troll hunters but there you go (laughs) 
Oh, that is a fantastic series. Oh, is it? Uh, if it, yeah, I really like the Tales of Arcadia series. Yeah. Um, if it were even a little bit more gay, I would strongly recommend it for this show. But unfortunately, it is tragically not gay. Uh, well, uh, it is the best a cartoon can be while being straight. <laughs> well, uh, it'll it'll probably delight you to know that the other uh, credit I have here is very gay because she was also Doctor Amelia in Kipo and the Age of Wonder Beasts. Hey, there you go. <laughs> I mean, I mean, not that's hmm. Hmm. isn't, isn't Kipo cool? <laughs> Kipo is very queer. Uh, Dr. Amelia is not. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I meant just the show in general of it being a queer show compared to Troll Hunters. Yes, Kipo is very good. Kipo is definitely on my list of stuff that we need to talk about someday. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've talked about it too. Yeah, I remember we discussed that because I've never actually seen Kipo, but I've heard good things about it. It's very, very good, yes. Yeah, that's all I have because, again... The trivia section in the show is not really trivia because hey, it turns out the the wiki, the fan wiki uh, sucks for a variety of reasons. <laughs> but also, I mean, uh, this this show, like I've said, like I feel like I repeat every week, this show doesn't really have like trivia trivia things, like things you can notice in the background. It's it's yeah, that's it's, fair it's very weird how like this show is not old, but it really isn't that kind of show of like sneaking in little bits besides the occasional like eighties show reference. Yeah, that's very much a style that I think... I want to say that's like a 2018-ish style. It, I don't remember it super happening in cartoons before that, you know? I, I guess, yeah. I, I feel like I, when I mostly think of it, it's like more like how like Owl House and Amphibia will occasionally reference each other, but that's also because their directors are friends. <laughs> and they're yeah. also on the same, like... It's, it'd be weird if Shira was referencing, like, Disney stuff when it's on Netflix. Like, I know Gravity Falls did that sort of stuff stump stuff sometimes, but it was still pretty far and few between, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I guess um, that is really more just like like a modern Disney thing, because even DuckTales gets fucking buck wild with it, with like all the stuff that they reference of like old like Darkwing Duck stuff and like various like Disney like afternoon oh, stuff. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I still gets fucking buck wild with that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of it went over by him entirely because I just never really watched like the Disney Afternoon as a kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was very surprised to see Don Carnage in that show. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Don Carnage was from yeah. Tailspin, right? Yep. Yeah. It's, it's so weird how they just like did a bunch, took a bunch of stuff from other Disney shows just for that. Like all in like. Hey, it worked. It, it did work. It's just very goofy. But <laughs> <laughs> where Goofy showed up as well. No Mickey though. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, we did get a few questions this week, so in the future, if you have questions for us, you can send them to us at usweirdoscast on Twitter or usweirdoscast at gmail.com. Uh, for this week, uh, from M. Healy at MF Healy on Twitter, what are the cast's preferred teams in Amogus? Uh, I'm going to have to lean on you for this one. I don't know that game. Uh, I didn't know there were teams. No, it's, it's really more just like what would be like the ideal matchup that would probably be guaranteed to win as imposters is what they mean. Uh, it's, oh. it's, it's like if you ever watched like Alfred play Among Us where it's like anytime that he's partnered with Ouija, they have like a, they never lose when it's him and Ouija at the same time. Which is one of his friends. It's like they, they, oh, they're, they're the dream don't team. Don't even know who those people are. I mean, to, to be fair, I don't really know who Ouija is much besides Alpharad's videos too. <laughs> but you probably heard of Alpharad at the least. No, never, not in my life. Oh, uh, weird. Like he, he's done like a bunch of Smash Bros stuff and like Mario Maker stuff. 
to the degree that, like, the first time you said that, I thought you meant Alfred from The, the Handmaid's oh, Tale. Oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I think I mentioned Alfred when, uh... I'm pretty sure when uh, Kyle was on, and he definitely knew what I was talking about. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's more just, like, what would be the ideal team in, like, if 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 the Shira Prince of the Powers characters were to play Among Us, like, what would be the dream team in terms of who can get away with it? Uh... Well, Adora loses every oh, time. Yeah. It doesn't matter what team Ad she's Adora on. Adora always loses, yeah. I, I feel like the ideal is like if Double Trouble and Shadow Weaver were both imposter. Because they, they <laughs> I mean, well, to be fair, uh, Double Trouble supposedly can lie very well. We don't see them actually lie very well as Flood Arena. But, like, I mean, of all the manipulative characters, like, it's them and Shadow Weaver. So it's like they would probably do the best out of anybody. Yeah, pretty much. Catra has picked up a little bit of the manipulation thing, but she gets like she goes berserker mode so easy. I think. <laughs> yeah, like if if anybody would were to like accuse Catra of being sus, she would immediately lose her shit and be like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Catra is very much Travis McElroy plays Amogus wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm trying to think if anybody else would be good as imposter in Among Us from the Shira crew. Uh, I feel like Perfuma would not do very well as imposter. She would definitely be the kind of person who would have no defense for herself ever. <laughs> like it would very much be like uh, being like, "So, uh, what, what were you up to there, Perfuma?" And she would just immediately be like, "Ah, shit, you got me." <laughs> like she would not try to lie. She's she's too pure to lie about that. <laughs> Entrapta would absolutely not realize that the game was to not get caught, and she would just walk around going, "I am the imposter." <laughs> Well, yeah, but also whenever she's crew, she also never does tasks. <laughs> even though you would think <laughs> she gets distracted with her yeah, own tasks. Yeah, even though you would think she would love to do tasks in game, considering she does task IRL, she's too distracted by task IRL to do task in game. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think like Bo is the only other character, and maybe Mermista, who have intelligence scores. Yeah, so I think it would really be down to them to see if. Yeah, they, they would be they would be the char the people you would want to be on uh, the crew side of things. But also, I feel Honestly, I feel like that also paints a target on them, where they would definitely be the first ones to always die in any match. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, well, obviously we're the the two smartest people here all the time. Well, actually, I, I just. Given the way this episode goes, I suspect that Mermista might have investigation proficiency, mm -hmm. but not actually an intelligence score. She was nowhere near the mark, you know yeah. what I mean? It's like uh, it's like my friend wanting to always do Arcana rolls just to see if they would get better than me, even though I was the only one that had an intelligence modifier of past zero. Yes, <laughs> when exactly. I had Arcana and they did not. <laughs> And yet, sometimes, like, especially early on, when modifiers are low enough, because it's like, the, well, my, my Arcana is only a plus four, because low-level character and into plus two, sometimes <laughs> the dice would just be like, oh, yeah, yeah, this character has heard about stuff just by traveling around a lot, compared to you. <laughs> yeah, she uh, she took that proficiency for her backstory. She doesn't care about whether she's good yeah, at it or not. Yeah, <laughs> That that uh, that Arcana contest stopped when uh, the last time it happened, it was a total of 31 versus 2. Because <laughs> hmm. I had like a plus 17 at that point, <laughs> and I rolled like a 19 or whatever, or, or whatever it was, I forget, compared to rolling a flat 2. <laughs> it's like, alright, uh, the, bits, the bits played out long enough, I guess we'll stop with this. <laughs> yeah, okay, yes. Um...
The other question that M has for us, uh, if Hordak is Mega Man, who are the robot masters and what weapons do they draw? I feel like this is an easier thing to ask because obviously the princesses are the robot masters. Because if Hordak's the protagonist and he's, he's fighting the princesses, so they obviously are the robot masters. <laughs> well, that makes sense, yeah. And there's usually, what, eight robot masters? I don't play Mega yeah, Man. Yeah, each of them is usually eight in like the classic Mega Man games. Yeah, so Shiva and Glimmer and Mermista and Perfuma. Frosta. And Frosta. And uh, let's say Bo and Seahawk and Swiftwind. That makes eight. So. Uh, I was going to say, like, uh, you probably put, uh, like, maybe Spinnerella and the Tosser, like a double boss or something. And Oh, I didn't know that was allowed. No, it's not, but just for the sake of the argument. Because I don't think they. Oh, they're oh. not enough characters to be on their own, I feel. <laughs> Well, I just did eight, but yeah, yeah. we can kick, um, let's kick Seahawk out of there. He wouldn't be an interesting fight no. anyway. <laughs> I mean, honestly, you could probably actually just split up Spinnerella and Tosa and just also kick Swiftwind, because he's a horse. <laughs> like, That's Like, true. yeah, he yes, flies, but call. he is a horse. <laughs> uh, yeah, in, ter- in terms of, uh, powers there, I mean, like, the Elemental ones are obvious, because it's just, like, it, each Mega Man game, there's always, like, a, like, shield power. That, like that you put like the barrier around yourself it's like how Mega Man has leaf shield in smash bros because that's from uh wood band mm-hmm. back in Mega Man 2 so it's like i feel like that's like probably like frosta's of like yeah it's probably like a nice barrier to take damage or whatever well obviously natasha drops boom nets which are nets that turn into bombs yeah so. she, like she, she probably has like uh it's probably like it'll uh because it isn't net it might have like a like para- like paralytic effect or whatever that maybe it stuns the enemy that it hits uh the uh the water and wind ones for uh Mermista and uh Spinnerella are pretty easy just because those are straight up powers that have been in Mega Man before it's just yeah you just shoot like a water jet that like pushes enemies around or like make a tornado that pushes enemies around those are just those are just those doesn't exist in game <laughs> that's easy uh uh, is there a power that just gives Mega Man a sword? Because <laughs> not really, no. Like, I mean, unless you count Battle Network, where some of the battle chips are swords, but like, not so much in the actual games themselves. So, like, uh, I I feel like Glimmer would probably be like the Rush equivalent, where it's like usually you would get Rush to like uh, fly up to like high platforms. She just has like a teleport as her ability that you get. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Because like, I feel like just uh, like her doing her little like. Sparkle Blast is probably just, like, too similar to everybody else, where it's like, oh, it's just, like, a nice blast or a wind blast from the others or a water blast. Yeah, Bo probably needs some sort of ranged attack, maybe a trap or something, right? Yeah, he, like, maybe it's, like, uh, you, like, fire the bow down or something, and you place a trap where you're standing for an enemy to jump onto. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, yeah, I don't know, I'm just thinking about She-Rock, because what she does is sword, <laughs> sword and beam and gay wave, and I don't yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's more like uh, you use her like superpower because like some of them is like like having like a like super strength like big knuckle kind of ability like stuff like from Gutsman. So maybe it's that like where it's like you just like pick up a big rock from the ground and throw it. Because <laughs> she also pick up that. a tank from somewhere. Yeah. Just, oh, I just have a tank on the hand, handy. And uh, <laughs> Perfuma. Perfume might be like maybe like a damage over time or something like a poison effect. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't know. She really likes punching people. Yeah. <laughs> the, the The main thing here is that like with the older Mega Man games, a lot of the powers, except for ones like the various rush abilities and the shield, most of them are just it's just oh, it's just a blast. <laughs> it just shoots. Ah, well, 
I, I, I've never Mega Man. So. Yeah, like I mean, it's mostly because like every robot master actually has a weakness to somebody else's weapon is a thing. So like it, it's uh, weird because like you have the option to go in any order of them, but there really is like an order because like one of them is like weakest, like not so much weakest, but takes definitely takes a little bit more damage from like the generic Mega Buster that you have, especially with the charge shots. So then you kill that one and then be like, all right, well I got fucking centaur man's ability from Mega Man 6 i don't know why the fuck i remember centaur man is the first one you fight in that game but i just do huh. and he has like kind of like a like Flashman like freeze ability that you use that to oh no maybe it was a different one and i feel like no i think centaur man might be weak to the flash ability i'm thinking that but yeah you use that to fight with whoever is next in that game and i'm curious <laughs> about what centaur man's ability was uh, da, 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 in game I mean, kicking archery and medicine. Nope, I, I was right. He does have sensor flash. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was the boss that sensor flash was good against? Uh, Windman is weak to this weapon, right? Because like, yeah, because like, there's so many Mega Man bosses that are just like the same elemental name but different. I mean, because like Mega Man Two had Air Man and Mega Man Six had Windman. <laughs> <laughs> like there's a there's a wood man and a plant man it, it, it's it's very much more obvious in the i feel like the battle network games in particular because like especially the first three you find like the same guy who has a different navi time and it goes from like fireman to heat man to torch man <laughs> it's like okay cool <laughs> yeah i mean obviously it's like well they put out so many of those games you can only do so much with like terms of like different blasts and abilities and stuff <laughs> they at least get a little bit more wonky fit in like the more recent ones of like having ones that are like the sportsman or whatever. <laughs> I forget what the name of that guy is from I think Mega Man Eleven, but like having like Gravity Man as like a big UFO guy. <laughs> yeah, a lot of the older ones are yeah. kinda just like, oh, well it's that guy again. Only he's a scorpion now instead of like uh not a spider, that wasn't ever a spider. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Mega Man is weird. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah. Those games are fun, though, at least for the most of them. Like, around, like, Mega Man 5 or 6 is when it kind of takes a nosedive, but when they brought it back with the, uh... Was it Mega Man 9? I think it was Mega Man 9, yeah, when they brought it back with having Splash Woman, the one that they released on, like, the Wii U... the, the Wii Wear Virtual Shop or whatever. It's like, okay, you at least, like, went back to basics. You didn't, like, have as much of, like, the weird, like, art style of the older ones, especially around, like, the PS1 era. Or in PS2. But again, a lot of those are like spin-offs, like the Mega Man X games. But like, they kind of lost their way a little bit there for the mid-few, and then they bounced back. And people say that, like, I'm pretty sure Mega Man 11 was received very well, the one that they released a few years ago. <laughs> we talk about yeah, those, we uh, talk yeah. about a lot of weird stuff on this show in general. <laughs> Listen, it's pretty easy to derail us. True. <laughs> we are easily distracted yeah. people, and also it's like, well, hey, I, weirdly enough, I fucking remember Centaur Man and his ability from Mega Man 6, of all things. I think it's because, like, <laughs> Mega Man 6, I think, is, like, one of the first ones I played. Like, I remember I had Mega Man 2, but like, I distinctly remember owning Mega Man 6 as, like, one of my first video games on the, on the NES. <laughs> that might be why. I played it a lot. <laughs> yeah, um... Thank you for your questions, M. But uh, that's that's all the questions we have today from Twitter. Uh, I don't think I have anything else for this episode, do you? Mm, no, I don't think so. Okay, well, 
That was <laughs> that was an episode. We covered some ground today, and we hate Glimmer now. So, <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, like back when Dark Glimmer was starting to be a thing, we're like, oh yeah, Dark Glimmer, and now it's like, oh. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, she took Dark Glimmer and turned it into a monarchist thing. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And as you say, this is apparently going to continue into season five. When I thought that we would get like maybe two or three more episodes at most of it before like the season finale. <laughs> But no. Hey, guess what? Mm -hmm. She gets worse. Oh, cool. Great. <laughs> maybe, maybe I am right. Maybe we do actually get the Adora vs. Glimmer fight because it's like, fuck you. <laughs> the only way you're going to listen is for me to beat the shit out of you, then I'll beat the shit out of you. I, I may be wrong about that. I might just have exaggerated it in my memory because I didn't like it so much. But from what I recall, yes. <laughs> ben. Yeah. I guess we'll find out if memory is reliable. <laughs> Even though we know it's not, thanks to forensic science. So, um, uh, for lack of another uh, derail, I think there's... <laughs> if you've enjoyed this wild and winding conversation, you can find me on Twitter at patch underscore jacket, where I actually remember my Twitter handle this week. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to adjust it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, as usual, I'm actually Phil Chaos. Uh, yeah, what the fuck have I... Oh, no, I think, like, the most recent thing I tweeted about was my fucking windshield, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a lot of retweets about stuff. Like, a lot of the stuff about recently with, like, the Mario movie, because... What, again, what a fucking weird day it was today in general, too, of, like, getting the fucking Mario movie and the Owl House, like, leaks, and, like, the the whole, like, not quite fully, the kind of, like, uh, drug thing, in, like, the span of, like, an hour in the afternoon. <laughs> very weird. Uh, yeah. Very, very, was a day. very bummed out that they had to... That they're defending their choice for Chris, for Chris Pratt in that movie. <laughs> I don't think they're defending their choice. I don't think that anyone has made a serious complaint to them. I mean, like, I feel like, again, like I, this was something we mentioned in the Discord, that like I feel like most people also don't know that Chris Pratt is an asshole. Yeah, like... He's, he's not as... Oh, don't get me wrong, I'm not defending him. Nah. He just hasn't had any kind of a public blow-up. Yeah, like, his... it, it's not like how we're seeing, like, the... Like, for years now, we've been seeing, like, the death of J.K. Rowling in a lot of ways. Because <laughs> she just keeps making so many things about her. And just having a spotlight shown on her assholery. <laughs> you know, like... I mean, we had this conversation at the top of the episode, but... Generally speaking, I think Chris Pratt is less offensive to the public than, say, Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah, or... that's true. Again, most people don't know. Like, like they see stuff like, oh, he's a cop apologist, but they don't see him like going around wearing that thin blue line shirt pictured like I remember. Right, right. But like, the point I'm trying to make here is that the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the biggest moneymaker mm -hmm. in cinematic history has three prominent anti-vaxxers in it, and they have not been asked to step down yep. or move out of the rules. They sure have not. <laughs> and that's a more public bad thing than anything Chris Pratt has ever done. So while he may be an unpleasant person who holds views that we disagree with, he's not out there about it, and I don't think there will ever be a reason for studios to defend unless he goes full mask off. Yeah. 
pretty much. It's kind of like how like WB like tries to at least distance itself from J.K. Rowling in terms of not talking about her <laughs> and seemingly <laughs> wanting to be fully done with Fantastic Beasts. Because who's ever given a shit about Fantastic Beasts? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah. The thing about being WB is that sometimes when a movie makes $100 million, that's not enough. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes they just go ahead and decide to uh, kill off a finished movie entirely and not actually let it air. But they'll still go ahead and seemingly at the moment continuing with Fantastic Beasts or at least Harry Potter in general. Because, <laughs> I mean... Yeah, I mean, Fantastic Beasts hasn't had a episode 4 announced, so... No, but, I mean, to be fair, that third movie only released half a year ago. Which, God, it's like... Yeah, but this is Harry Potter. Normally you know there's going to be six true. movies before. Yes. Usually you expect that uh, series related to the boy wizard would actually have, like, any amount of, like, advertising about it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Compared to what they've been doing with the last few. <laughs> I mean, the rumor is they're still going to be doing some HBO show of it, so who knows? Like, again, there's like... also still all the rumors that they're going to do Chris Child's movie, but who knows? I I'm just... Back in the day, back in the day of the books, we got the leak of the title of Order of the Phoenix three years before that book came yeah. out. That was a big deal, and that was a book. Yeah, yeah, that, <laughs> I'm that was. I'm just saying, a book. if they were working on another movie, we would know by now. Uh, I mean, to be fair, like going back and listening to old streetcast recently, like there were multiple times where they did not actually start filming the second one or the, no, the third one because of the pandemic, and they just would not say anything. <laughs> like, well, yeah, but again, we knew there was going to be a third movie for ages. Yeah. But, like, uh, I feel like a big part of it is also, like, that's why, like, the cop lady doesn't show up in the third one, because the rumor was that she got COVID, and it's like, well, you're gone, then. <laughs> you're out. That is absolutely what happened, yes. Yep. And also, uh, you know, coincidentally, just because she's the only major Jewish character and also had a stand-up against Rowling's oh, position I, I, on okay, trans rights. Yeah, I didn't yeah. realize that it was also because of that, because uh, she was willing to actually call around her bullshit. Yeah, it's weird how uh, you you say something bad about the author and suddenly your character gets written yeah, out of the five movie sure, trilogy. Sure huh? do, huh? <laughs> uh, God, I would. It's it's still that big question of if they actually do do Crystal as a movie, whether they're gonna do about uh, Daniel Radcliffe and Emma Watson because they also call it on her bullshit. <laughs> um. Well, the way I see it, uh, WB does not want to do Cursed Child the movie without those actors. Yeah, I feel like you probably couldn't, yeah. It's still, it's still recent enough, even though those movies have been done for like a decade. Exactly. But if you give it another 5-10 years, then you'll be able to make Cursed Child the Maybe. movie without like, them. I, I could even see them do it without Emma Watson, but I really could not envision a world in which WB would not want to do another Harry Potter thing without Daniel Radcliffe as Harry Potter. Yeah, I mean, he is kind of their cash cow. He he is what people, like, he, his portrayal of Harry is what people think of when they think of the character in general. And I get that a lot of that is because the movies were being released so close to the books at a point. But it's like, you think about that kid and it's like, yeah, that's, that's Harry. <laughs> <laughs> or I say kid, yeah. he's now a 30-year-old. Occasionally <laughs> doing stuff like being <laughs> naked on a horse in a play. <laughs> Hey, he... I mean, that was a while ago. True, that was a while ago, but still. Yeah. 
He had to get it out of his system after being straight-laced for so many years. <laughs> also fair. I don't even remember when that was. That's the only thing I remember that he's done besides... That was immediately after oh, it was? Deadly Hallows Part Oh, okay. Two. So he was like in his... Yeah, that was the first so thing he, he was did like, after he was he like in his car. early to mid-20s then. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I, I mostly remember that, and I know he plays Weird Al Yankovic in the Weird Al Yankovic story. <laughs> Cannot say what else he's done, nor that like Emma Watson has done anything besides be Belle in live-action Beauty and the Beast. Uh, Guns Akimbo, uh, he did that one where he was the dead guy on the desert island, uh, he, Miracle Workers, the TV series, uh, <laughs> I think he was in Now You See Me Too, which I'm still mad about the name of, um. Is it because they used the number two and not T-O-O? No, it's because the first movie was Now You See Me, and they didn't call the second movie Now You Don't. Oh, yeah fair <laughs> it's like the whole like how did they not call splatoon 2 splatoon with the two in there yes. or just t-w-o-n <laughs> obviously like, obviously you can't as so much as i splatoon. am about splatoon i kind of get it because i'm sure they anticipated there being a splatoon eventually and they didn't want to have to call it that <laughs> fair because <laughs> also like splatoon does not roll off the tongue as easily as splatoon <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, well that was... We... I thought we were done with diversions, but that <laughs> no, was yeah, we said, pretty Yeah, we wild. still do, and somehow the diversion always inevitably becomes the bad wizard series by the transphobic racist bigoted author. Yes, so, uh, let's go ahead and put her to bed. <laughs> I think for this week, and for, I guess, a couple weeks, there's not much to say, but uh, remember, yes, we don't us have weirdos to have to together. stick together. Hey. Bye. Bye.